0: Good evening, everyone. We have two people on the line, and James has said it would be nice if we got to both of them, but that depends, and it depends entirely upon the listeners, whether they drag me off into tangents or not. That's really what it comes down to. If, through no fault of my own, they drag me, like a hobo behind the truck of some good old Southern boys, down the dirt road of tangents, well... There's nothing I can do other than hang on. But on the other hand, if they resist that impulse, we'll be fine, because I really like to model this kind of responsibility and uh, self-ownership in the show. So, uh, James, do you think we should get started, or have I already blown my tangent thing already? No,
1: I think you should save it for later. Uh, Let's get started. Let's get started. First caller uh, has a parenting question. He writes, my wife and I have two children under three years old. I was raised in a Christian family, but over the past decade or so, I have moved away from those beliefs. I now consider myself agnostic or atheist. My wife, on the other hand, is a Christian, though she isn't dogmatic about it. She just prefers to believe in God, and she admits as much. Neither of us attend a church, and the topic doesn't really come up very often. Otherwise, I would say our worldviews and values are highly compatible. The obvious question is how to present these ideas to our kids. I certainly wouldn't want to feel like I was lying to them just to avoid conflict, and I likewise wouldn't want her to feel pressured into keeping her beliefs to herself because she doesn't feel prepared to argue about it. And it isn't just my wife and me. It's also our extended families and the broader culture that are highly theist. No matter what I do, I, just can't, just, I can't just shield my kids from Bible stories and Bible themes, so it will need to be addressed. And frankly, I wouldn't want to keep these ideas from them even if I could. They need to be exposed to a range of ideas if for no other reason than to be well-rounded and educated people. Also, I think Christians have some good things to say, even if not only metaphorically. Too many people, though certainly not all, knee-jerk their way into nihilism via atheism, and I certainly don't want that for my kids. Yet I don't want to just allow them to adopt cultural values wholesale. At the same time, I would hate for them to feel pressured into believing what either of their parents believe. I think they're on their own spiritual journey. And honestly, I believe that if I do a good job, they'll end up seeing things like I do anyway, at the risk of sounding conceited. But at least it will be their own choice. Plus, having read people like Joseph Campbell and Jordan Peterson, I think the Bible is rich in imagery, and like many other myths, actually should be read, once you're mature enough to take it for what it is.
0: Wow, this would have been a whole lot easier question for me to answer before I found my newfound respect for Christianity. Let me just, let me introduce you to... 2010 Steph he will answer this question no I'm just kidding well welcome thanks a lot for taking the time tonight is there anything you wanted to I'm sure there is stuff you wanted to add or or clarify
2: Uh, no no I'm uh, happy to talk to you and um, yeah I've been a big fan for a long time so um, I just this isn't like a crisis or anything my kids are still young like I said they're under three but it's just something I've been thinking about because actually what sparked it is I received a a bunch of used books from like a friend who their kids have gotten older so there's some good stuff in there but one of them was um just like a you know bible stories for kids kind of thing and i looked at it and you know it kind of just sparked sparked these thoughts and i'm like you know i should really kind of think about how i'm going to approach this
0: so. yeah i know that's uh, fine can you tell me a little bit about your history with religion
2: Sure. Yeah. So I was I was raised, um, like I said, Christian, kind of fundy, you know, uh, just Protestant, but uh, kind of an intense.
0: Wait, wait, sorry, sure. fundy or Protestant? Usually, from my experience, it's one or the other. But was it more fundy Protestant? Well, no.
2: I mean, in my, I, I'm not I'm not a theologian, but in my mind, Protestant is like the umbrella, and then you know, fundamentalist within the Protestant kind of world. So kind of okay. a more extreme version. That's that's kind of what I was getting at, but um and uh yeah so but but kind of an I would say an intense version of it so like anyway good people but just like they they take it really seriously in the world that I grew up in so I was definitely devout until I got to my kind of early to mid 20s and then and then I started having some uh real doubts about it and then um you know here I am later and and I've kind of moved fully away from it but yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I'm happy to go on, but I don't want to ramble either.
0: No, no, that's uh, we, we shouldn't both be doing that. Um, <laughs> and where were you in your faith journey when you met the woman who's now your wife?
2: I was um, 90% to away from it. Um, and my, yeah, my wife and I both were from the same kind of church group. Um, but, and we had met, but we didn't really know each other that well and then you know we kind of reconnected after i had moved away so i moved away from those ideas and and i i was very upfront with her about it and as i mentioned in the opening thing I, it's it's really not an issue um about it doesn't come up we don't argue about it she knows kind of where i stand and um so yeah the um I don't know, does that answer your question
0: yeah yeah somewhat um what I won't, well, we don't have to do a whole role play, but just in general, okay. when your kids get older, they're going to hear about God, and they're going to hear about God from your wife and friends and family and uh, you know, whatever, right? And maybe from the books that they're reading and all of that. Okay. So then they're going to come to you and they're going to say, Daddy, what do you think?
2: Well, um, yeah, what I would say, I would think, is something like some people... I'll give you an example, I guess, um, around uh, New Year's of, of this past, just of 2020. So just, you know, several months ago now, my uh, we were having a thing with my extended family. Um, and, uh, and so we were sitting down to dinner um, and people started praying. And my daughter, who was uh, just under two at the time, she was completely baffled by what was happening. These people are like talking, praying, but she didn't know what praying is, so she asked me pretty loud. She's like, "Daddy, what are are my cousins doing?" And uh, and I laughed at you know because they everyone could hear, and I was like, "Oh, they're praying." She said, "What's that?" Oh, they're kind of just they're talking. They're thinking good thoughts. Dream is
0: a wish your heart makes. Sorry, go on.
2: Yeah, just just, Daddy, Daddy, what what do you think if you could just take that
0: speech forward? Sure, sure.
2: Uh, Well. Yeah, some people think that there is, um, you know, the truth is we don't really know a lot about about certain parts of where we come from. So some people have different stories that they tell one another. And, you know, truth is we don't really know. So, and depending on how old she is, like right now, that would probably be good enough. Um, but in a year, it, it'll have to be more involved.
0: Well, let's do it at the part where it becomes more involved. Oh, okay. Well. And also, don't think you can get away. Sorry, don't think you can get away with Daddy, what do you think? Some people think. No, no, no. No, 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 no. That's not going to work. Yeah. Because then you're Um, teaching her that what's important is not what she thinks, but what other people think, and to focus on other people's mm, ideas rather than her own, which you probably don't want to be doing, right? Sure, sure. Um, Well, as with many parenting things i
2: i I do feel like i'm learning as i'm going so as she develops um i'm also kind of you know so my point is it's a guess i don't know how you know depending on how sophisticated she gets i'm gonna have to develop
0: along with that um so no no listen uh, so experimenting as you go is fine but sorry learning as you go is fine experimenting when you go is not necessarily Uh, great and i think it's good to have some kind of answers at least in your head it doesn't mean that they're carved in stone but you got to have a starting place right
2: sure well and that you know
0: yeah that's actually why i'm calling right so yeah yeah, no
2: i get it uh, yeah yeah um so i would pr- i mean of course i i have no problem telling her what i think which is i think that people are that human beings are really good at coming up with stories um for things they don't understand and so why do a lot of people believe in god well i think It kind of ties back into that. And people used to think volcanoes meant one thing, and now they don't have those same beliefs. And it kind of just goes from there with all these things that people still don't understand. And then in the meantime, institutions are built up, and then social structures and all that stuff. But again, like for a four-year-old, I'm probably not going to go that in-depth in there, but that would be the direction that I would take. And I'm happy to do that, So. it's you more know, yeah, in the
0: nature of anthropology than dad.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, but that I don't, no, I don't know no, if that would be a good name no. for her.
0: <laughs> no, I, no. I don't think that's the way you want to go. I mean, you can go anywhere you want. Okay. I just, I, just I, that would not be. She's asking you what you think, and you're not telling her. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah. here's the thing with kids. You can you can say I don't want to answer that. You can say I'm not comfortable talking about that right now. Or you can say wait until you're older. But don't Joe Biden her. That's all I'm. That's all. <laughs> don't give her a politician's <laughs> non-answer. Uh, well, that's a yeah. complex topic, and many people have the whole, like because uh, then she's yeah. just going to be like, uh, it's like he's miming an answer, but I'm not getting an answer. <laughs> yeah, got to be direct.
2: Okay. Well, sure. So, um, I mean, I would I would tell her that I don't believe it. You know, I, that it's just some stories. That uh, yeah, just some, they're just stories.
0: But they're not. Okay. No, they're not because people don't think Lord of the Rings is real, mm-hmm. right? And people don't base their ethics on Star Trek. So while It's true that they're stories in a kind of sense. They're not perceived or acted upon as stories. They're perceived and acted upon as metaphysical and moral absolutes and realities. And so if you use the same word for two different things, it really confuses kids. So if you put religion into the realm of stories, then they'll say, oh, it's like Thomas the Tank Engine. It's like, no. There are very few wars, none that I can think of, fought over interpretations of Thomas the Tank Engine, right? People don't dedicate their children to Thomas the Tank Engine. They don't circumcise based upon commandments in Thomas the Tank Engine. So she's going to have stories like kids' stories, right? Oh, this is like Toy Story. No, actually no, right? So if you're going to use the word story you got to differentiate it somehow. Now, you know, another way you could say it's like a moral myth or a, a, an existence myth or something like that. But m- the problem is that myth is prejudicial, because once the kid understands the word myth, they're automatically going to say, oh, well, that's not true, right? And... Yes. So here's but, the thing. So, sorry, yes. go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Oh, no, what I was going to say is, um, that's something that Probably if I had used that word five years ago or something, I don't know how long, long ago, that, that's how I would be intending it. But now I, I feel like I would get into it and I'd say, well, no, I mean, a myth isn't necessarily literally true, but there's a lot of truth contained in it, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, again, I'm not sure how much of this I would get into with a very young child, but it's a topic that I'm very interested in. So over time, I'm sure we will talk a lot about it,
0: you know, so that's, that's
2: my to- my right, thought there. Right, yeah. You
0: know right so you don't really want to talk about your thoughts directly with your child is that right <laughs> no no listen that's not a criticism it's not not a criticism at all I'm I'm just I'm just trying to figure yeah. out where we're starting from here well like like so, if you could if you yeah. could wave a wand and have the child not ask the question at any particular moment would you wave that wand no 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 I think it's a good question to ask and I, I do
2: I do think it's an important topic it's more just I can tell that it's it's a, a potent, it's a potential minefield, I guess, where it's not that I mind talking about it. It's more than the child perceives it in a certain way, and then they start talking about it with other people, then then maybe it could turn into a conflict with extended family. It's that kind of thing.
0: Um, and I value so why the religion. on earth would you want yeah. to, why on earth would you want your child to ask this question? I mean deep down, right? Why would you want your child to ask this question if it's going to lead to conflicts with extended families and complications and mess and problems and confusions mm. and then your wife's jumping in with no, it's true and I mean let's <laughs> I, again, we want to start frankly with the emotional thing is like the longer that you go without this, isn't it kind of the better it is? Yeah, I mean that's that's
2: probably fair to say.
0: Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, and, and this, we just got to start, you know, because you're like, yeah, it's fine if the kid answers the question. I love open combat in my gene pool, <laughs> right? I mean, that's not what most of us look forward to, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because it is. Because it is a challenge, right? Because if it's a story, then she's not going to, you know, if somebody, if, if a kid says to me, is the Hobbit real? I'd say, no, it's a story, right? Okay. What conflict is that going to lead them into? Mm-hmm. Well, none, right? Right. But this is a different category. Mm-hmm. And I think it, 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 to be to be authentic with your child, you must well with anyone. You have to be first of all ruthlessly honest with yourself. This is not going to be a fun part. It may be enriching, there may be benefits down the road, like there may be positives, but it's not going to be a fun thing in the moment, right, or or even thereafter. Do your extended family know your atheism? Yeah, but they're very non-confrontational about it, so I don't bring it up
2: and they don't bring it up, but I know that they know, um, but they've got this thing, you know, and even like my own family, my own parents and stuff, like they... I've even tried to be frank about it, and then they it's you know, like too painful, probably, I guess for them. they just it's almost like they um psychologically run the other direction. so, um, oh,
0: so they're a little avoidant, are they? yeah, a little bit on well, that good good thing that didn't pass down through any generations in any way, shape <laughs> or form. I mean, because you've you've inherited that to some degree, right? Yeah, that's probably true, he said, avoiding slightly. Um, <laughs> but also, They're not very committed to their beliefs if they're willing to let it slide with you, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard or seen. I have no idea what the name of it is. It's some video I saw many years ago, which was a guy who ended up in hell railing against his Christian friend for not working harder to save his soul beforehand. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of anything like that or seen anything like that?
2: Uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't be able to name something, but I mean, I'm, I've I've heard of that kind of an idea.
0: Familiar with the genre, right? And they actually yeah, sure. have, there they are actually roving, well, probably not anymore, but like theater groups that recreate hell and make it really vivid and all that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so if, as a Christian, they allow your atheism to continue and don't sit down and talk about it with you, they're not... I would say putting things necessarily in the right priority, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, though just a little bit of nuance, which doesn't really change the point. No, so you, there will be no so, nuance. Okay, sorry. <laughs> just so you understand, um, why, there will also maybe, be no
0: understanding. Okay, that's it. I've had too many <laughs> coffees
2: today. I will <laughs> that's shut up. Right. Uh, their their particular theology, and I don't know. I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not enough of an expert on Christianity in general to know if this is weird or not, but they don't believe they don't believe you can lose your salvation. So it's, you know, I've got my ticket to
0: heaven, if that maybe explains why. they're Oh, like, is it sort of like a Calvinist thing? Like there's a preordained number, 144,000 no, like, or they something just, like that? I
2: think they believe I think their thing is like you um, once you once you're a believer, then there's a then it's like you're a child of God, like you have his life and you can never be unborn from that. Or something. So you that was oh, so a faith is kind
0: of like a tattoo.
2: Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Th- so that's that's why you know there's kind of a no downside
0: really. Once you're in, you're, you're huh. good. That isn't but a religion. Like that is a religious approach that would strongly appeal to non confrontational people. Because you just <laughs> you, no, seriously, you get you get the whole thing sorted when yeah. the child is very young and then. Yeah. Uh, It's, you know, it's good right from there. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't
2: admit that. They would say, no, because you're missing out on the purpose of life and all this stuff. But but it's not like they think that by being an atheist, if that's what I am, that that
0: I'm going to hell. That's that's not where they're. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Okay. Okay. That's that's very interesting. I have yeah. not heard of this particular flavor, but then I'm scarcely a theologian <laughs> myself, so all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they do have to get it established at some point, right? I mean, so your kids are going to have to go through a conversion or faith-based process in order yeah. to get oh, that definitely. tattoo, so to speak, right? And def- definitely, yeah. And that's probably where, you know, things are going to get a little exciting, right? hmm Right. How, how are you in the conversation at the moment? I'm not sure where your heart is. Because uh, you seem a little uh, mm-hmm. like I'm sort of cornering you. Oh, no, with no, no,
2: no. A no, not at all. Holy yeah, water, or sorry. something. I, I just don't. No, no, I just don't want to um, oh, talk over you. You know, if you're talking, I don't want to. Oh, okay, okay, all right, yeah.
0: okay. Now, Daddy says, "Your kid. Sure. Why should I be good? Oh, um." You
2: should be good. We don't do punishment really in the house, anything like that. So it's not a matter of avoiding bad things. I would probably talk about, um, daddy, why should I be good? Because if you're, if you act the right way, things will
0: go better for you in your life. Huh? Kind of Consequences. Do you mean like rich and famous actress and movie stars and politicians? No,
2: you'll be better. You'll be better positioned to achieve your goals. Though I wouldn't word it that way.
0: Well, no, but they, you know, I, I look at politicians and movie stars and actors and and, and singers, and they all very rich and they're very famous and they're very pretty or handsome, yeah. and they seem to be doing pretty well. And are they, is it did they get that way because they're moral? Is that what you mean?
2: No, I impl- well, even if they're that's what they look like on the outside, I just have to assume they're horribly depressed or or things
0: are, you know, it's just a facade. But what do I know? Ah, so I remain a, a tad unconvinced so far, just so <laughs> you know, because you've said, oh, no, it'll help you achieve your goals. And it's like, well, what about what about all these people who've achieved these great goals, but they're not good people? Yeah, well,
2: I would I would say um, to her, I don't know that, that that would be her goals. I say her, I mean, I also have a son, but he's younger. So I'm I'm mostly thinking about her, but... Anyway, um, you know, I I think that actors and, you know, they they still have to, um, I don't know. Uh, I was going to say they still have to act right in the sense of following through and, you know, doing what they say they're going to do and um, in order to just be professionally successful. So, I mean, that's one aspect of
0: being. But that's not virtue. That's just efficiency, right? I mean, a hitman will do what he says he's going to do at the right time. It doesn't mean it's a good person, right?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I guess just to, maybe to better answer the question, why should I be good? I would probably um, think of it in terms of just happiness, you know, sort of internally,
0: but... Oh, so so being good makes you happy? Yeah. So the people who are doing stuff, they're not... They're not happy if they're not good?
2: They're um, yeah, I don't, I don't know they maybe they they end in unhappiness. I don't know, I don't have a good answer for that yet, I suppose, or or um oh, it's I'm, a hell of an answer.
0: it's a hell of a question, don't get me wrong this is this yeah. is like not easy to answer yeah. well, actually, it is kind of easy to answer. It's just not easy for you or me to answer <laughs> right, right? Yeah. so um so what is your wife's answer? mm what would
2: she say i don't think she would talk about god i don't believe she would actually i don't know what her answer would be but i don't believe it would have anything to do with because you were made by god and you need to glorify or whatever anything like that or satan or i mean it wouldn't that wouldn't be her answer
0: so i don't so know what would she say cuz you know this is the fundamental thing you're doing as a parent, right, is is the moral instruction.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you and your wife mm-hmm. don't have this, you know, this is something you get. A, you, you may not get it asked explicitly, so to speak, but you sure as heck will get it asked in, yeah. in one form or one way or another.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm going to guess, obviously, I don't know what your wife would say either, but I would guess it's something like, well, being moral is obeying uh, the, the moral rules that are given to us, right? And by who? Oh, by God. Uh, and here are the moral rules, you know, the Ten Commandments and so on. And, and that is um, where being good comes from. And there are lots of people who are very successful and very powerful and very wealthy and very beautiful and very talented, and they're not good people. Uh, they don't follow these moral rules. And they may achieve a great deal of success and fame and even some degree of happiness, in this life but it doesn't it's it's kind of the happiness that you get like when you gorge yourself on your halloween candy you know like you have a great time while you're doing it but you know afterwards it's uh it's pretty bad mm-hmm. so uh, that would be probably something around where your wife would uh, would get it, but you've, yeah, because every rule that you set up, you know, children are rule smashers in a good way, right? So every right. rule you set up for a child, they will immediately go to work on finding the exception.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's and you know, I think human beings kind of, as a whole, a little bit, uh, a little bit like that. But that is um, that is a very important aspect of being a parent. That you know, you set up a rule, uh, they're going to try and find kids are going to try and find some way of breaking that rule of of finding the invalid aspect of that rule. And so for you yeah. having the answer about ethics is a, I mean listen it's a it's a hell of a question. It's a hell of a question. and you know if you if you and I'm sure you are like if you are a good person, you've answered the question empirically already and they'll just kind of follow you in the same way that you'll just teach them English by speaking English. you'll teach them how to be a good person by being a good person but, yeah. The example is not the problem. The example of being a good person is not the problem. The problem is the temptation, right? The problem is always the temptation. Uh, You know, you're going to send your kids out into the world and there's going to be lots of bad people who are going to try and talk them into doing some pretty terrible things, right? And it may happen in school. It may happen like any, any number of places, right? And it's the temptation to give them the strength to have the temptation to push back against peer pressure. That, to me... Is the big uh, challenge with this stuff, and uh, uh, that's where I think trying to find an answer to this mm-hmm. is, is 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 pretty important. I know I haven't given you yeah. an answer yet. Not you know, not that I can sort of just peel one off and, and, and whip it out. But no, uh, no but no, no, that's that, that's I, I think the challenge think you're going it,
2: to be facing. Yeah, no, already. I mean, um, I, you know, I probably should ask my wife. You know, what, how would you answer that kind of a question? Yeah, because um, I, I if I'm you guys give different answers,
0: different ooh, right. sorry, I, I interrupted you. Yeah, if you give different answers, no. that's going to be a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's going to be like, oh dear, collision, <laughs> right? What now?
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, the way I've thought about it is, um, you know, Santa Claus, uh, we, uh, another just interesting insight into the thing, into the particular group of Christians that I grew up in, we we never celebrated those holidays, Christmas, Easter, because hmm. they're pagan. Oh, that uh, so, Christmas. So, Christmas. so with, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: did they not notice the first five words, or did they just have another explanation? Oh well, yeah, they
2: they just they they uh, their argument is that's slapped on, you know, and it's just
0: it. it oh yeah, you know, like it was a winter solstice thing, and they just kind of exactly, jammed, exactly. right? Okay,
2: exactly. So, um, but but all that to say, um, I never celebrated Christmas growing up, um, but now as an adult and someone who you know i'm trying to figure out what sorts of traditions fit in with what we want to be doing i I think christmas is great because it's a you know celebration of family and generosity and a a time to reflect back on the last year and look forward and all that stuff so um i think christmas is wonderful and we're going to be doing it but we will not be um pretending that there's a guy who comes down the chimney because you know I don't think reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like it's kind of a traumatic moment to find out that your parents have been lying to you um, for, for a five or six year old or whenever that happens. And so um, when I think about the, I almost feel like that's a microcosm of what, what Christianity is and and should be, which is, yeah, it's a story and that's how I use it. I know you, you take issue with that term. So maybe there's a better term, but anyway, it's this thing that, is not literally true but it does convey some important things and and the and the ritual of christmas is almost the same kind of thing um so uh that's kind of the where i was thinking about this this issue where i don't want to pretend like it doesn't exist because then you know they're gonna come come into contact you mean with that it.
0: religion Oh God! Yeah, religion,
2: Jesus. I, you know, I, I could see some people who were raised in sort of a, an intense Christian type environment, just completely rejecting all all aspects of it, and then and not wanting to even expose their kids to it. And then they hear the story for the first time. Then you know, someone's like floored that they've never heard of Jesus or something, and they're you know they've grown up in America. Right.
0: Well, or you know, I think that's another big issue that people. The kids, they don't grow up with a moral framework. Yeah, sure. It, and yeah, exactly. then you you mentioned this earlier. You get the nihilism. You get the hedonism. You get all this kind of stuff, right?
2: Right, right. So that's yeah, that's that's kind of the spirit of this question, which is how do I present this stuff to them without? And the other thing, I, I feel like this is interesting too. Um, my some someone in my wife's family, like extended family member, that we were talking, and she said that her parents were I don't know agnostic or something but they never they were not religious growing up and she always felt pressured not to be a christian when she was like in school and she'd have christian friends inviting her to church and stuff and she always felt like oh if i do that my parents are going to think i'm an idiot
0: you know Huh. Which, which
2: i don't think the parents certainly would have wanted that but
0: that was the eh, way the child was it. So. hard to it's hard to say there's a lot of vanity in atheism yeah. It's a lot yeah. of, like, you know, because Christianity, as I know, growing up with it, I mean, the um, humility is the key. Yeah. You, you, like, how do you pound down the giant ego of a species that can go to the moon and back? Well, and, and you need to, to some degree, because, you know, vanity, narcissism, and, and solipsism and so on are all pretty mm-hmm. deadly poison pills to our emotional happiness. And so you got to tamp down the human vanity somehow and. Oh, you, th- you you know, because our minds are bigger than the universe, right? Because our minds can traverse the entire length and breadth and depth and history and all of that of the universe. and so you just make something even bigger than the universe that makes the human mind feel smaller and fit back into its humble empirical mm. reality, right? I mean, because we can we can make up some crazy stuff. like I'm just reading the audiobook of my novel almost, and mm. it's so complex and it's so vivid and it's it's like, it is a whole world in, uh, you know, 800 pages, a whole series of worlds. And, you know, of course, none of it existed for real. And it's, you know, all made up and all that. But, it's, you know, the power of our imagination is so great that we do need something. And for me, that was philosophy. You know, most artists are crazy. Like they're very left. They're very uh, subjectivist. They're very manipulative and so on. And, and because they, they, they have nothing with which to tamp down the vanity of their powers. And you really do need things to make you humble. Now, empiricism and reason and philosophy does that because however vivid and powerful your ideas are, your arguments are, it matters whether they're true. It matters whether they're factual. It matters whether they're sustainable. Yeah. And so I think that Christianity does that, but there's an enormous amount of vanity in... I mean, I mean Hitchens and yeah. Dennett and exactly. Harris and uh, yeah, um, the, the Richard Dawkins and so on. Yeah, the, I mean there's a there's the, a huge the, amount the of edgy te-
2: the the edgy teenager who you know thinks they've answered all questions and then they become just insufferable for about
0: five years. You know what I mean? Well, it's the fedora cliche, right? Which is yeah. which yeah, is exactly. you know a pretty a pretty accurate one, and the humility of Christians is a very powerful thing and there's a reason why Christianity gave rise in the west to the modern world a- along with the enlightenment of the renaissance and philosophy and so on because science is humility and I did a conversation years ago with Tom Woods about the role that the catholic church had in promoting science because of course all I'd ever heard was how bad it was for the you know how terrible it was for yeah. people and so on but there is, uh, science is humility. Science is, hey, it doesn't matter how cool your theory is. It only matters how true it is uh, fundamentally. And that is really, really important. So, and, and and morality is a form of humility in that, you know, people who are, look, look, honestly, if you listen to this show, you're a smart person. You're a verbal person and you can probably talk people into or out of a lot of different things, because uh-huh. you know, to some degree, you're like Michael Jordan in a pickup game in the neighborhood, right? I mean, you can, you can win most times, you can get your way, you can uh-huh. get people to obey you. And the question is, well, why? Why don't you? Right? Because you get a lot of resources out of stuff like that, and you can get a lot of fame, you can get a lot of power, uh, you you, know, you can talk women into having sex with you, or a man. Oh, well, not that that's that uh-huh. tough, but so so yeah. What what is it that limits your behavior? Well, of course, honest. Yeah, yeah go, sorry, ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, what I was, okay.
2: Okay. What I was going to say is, um, my answer to that has, I would probably boil it down to the the old line where you can fool some of the people some of the time, but not all of the people all of the time. So no matter how smart you are, and you see it all, all the time with like sociopaths who, or pe- narcissists who think they're, they, they're smarter than everyone, and they might be smarter than most people. But eventually, cut. So even that, I don't. I'm not saying that's the best answer, but that's an answer of w- what limits you. Well, since I don't really know, I mean, I, you should probably just you should probably just live by a by this moral code, whatever it's going to be, because it, it'll catch up with you eventually. That's kind of the way I think about that.
0: Yeah, but here's the. Pro- I mean, I agree with you, um, but here's the problem. Uh, empirically, it doesn't. Like empiric. Like look at someone like George. W. Bush, right? That guy started a war in Iraq, killed half a million people, right? Yeah. And here he is. He's got his little iPad. He's showing people his paintings. He's watching sports games with Ellen DeGeneres. And, (laughs) you know, how is it Mm. catching up with him? I mean, Barack Obama, I mean, dropped 100,000 bombs in the Middle East. Yeah. You know, put in Obamacare, which, you know, drove healthcare prices up and, you know, dropped uh, hundreds of thousands of of refugees and so on with no particular plan of integration. And is it catching up with him? No. Well, to me, I mean, you can say, well, there's a secret unhappiness back but you know, you got to be empirical, not just theoretical, (sighs) right? Yeah, no, what I would say to that is that just demonstrates the the evil of
2: the state. You know, those examples just show how shielded those people are once you can get into those those halls of power then you're kind of untouchable no matter what you do but for, right. so
0: then you know, you know so then you get into the halls of power <laughs> yeah. i mean, i'm just giving you the devil's advocate position right sure. sure oh so so you can escape from negative consequences if you just get enough power
3: yeah
2: maybe
0: cuz the problem is you got all of these people who are deeply deeply immoral they're having a great time, from what you can tell, right? They're having a great time. They're rich. They're successful. They're, you know. Ruth Bader Ginsburg cited significant legal precedent that the age of consent should be lowered to 12. Notorious RBG. She's cool. She's hip. She's Everyone's praising her. She she loved her job. She Like, okay, where's her punishment, so to speak, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's hard, like saying that that the people, people, bad people are going to suffer. Ah, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty tough, especially for kids, because you're asking them to see something that's pretty, it's pretty well hidden.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I guess maybe for me, and this probably is also a function of how how young they still are and we don't really use punishment even if you know if she's if she's throwing tantrums all day then then we're not gonna offer you know anyway it's 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 less like I, I try not to go there very often unless I have to where it comes like you you know anyway not to get into that that subject but what I was gonna say is um, the it's less oh, if you do the the wrong thing, you're going to suffer, and more, like, why be good? Because then you'll live a more fulfilled life. That's the way I would think about it. That's the way I would try to present it, you know? But, I, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but that's— that's.
0: Like the, <laughs> well, see, that's a problem, right? Because you if you're going to plant a tree here and you're saying, well, I don't know if there's any any soil down here, uh, that's a problem. Because <laughs> this is pretty yeah. important stuff, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's true in all cases.
2: I, I, I should say. I think. I think it is. I think it is a good like uh, uh, heuristic. You know, a good direction to go. Um, but it's
0: hedonistic. You know what I mean? You're saying be good for pleasure. And there's a lot of times. I just think about my last year and a half. Right? There's a lot of times, where being good kind of sucks. Yeah. And if you're saying, well, do it for fulfillment, and do it—I I don't mean to mock you or anything. Sorry, that's unfair. No, but if I'm you're saying, kidding. like, do it for fulfillment or you know, happiness or whatever, you know, the challenge is that uh, it's going to suck uh, a whole lot a lot of times. Yeah, but um... I envied—I envied my friends. When I was a teenager into my early 20s, because they skated over this whole self-knowledge thing, this self-limiting thing, this taming the wild mammal monkey ego of humanity. They just kind of bypassed all this stuff. And they were like, I I felt. um, I mean, it's a sort of stupid thing. It's sort of like. I had to do all the stretching. They could just go and run. I had to sort of work work up and work out, and, and they could just go and run. And, and they just went off and did their thing. Didn't go to therapy, didn't confront themselves, didn't deal with their history, did like none of that stuff, right? And now, you know, I get it. Like, I looked back uh, over, over time, and uh, I get it. Like, I understand that it didn't work out too well for them. But... um You'd, you'd kind of have to know them really well in order to be able to figure that out. And, you know, the problem is that people who are secretly unhappy, they do a, uh, a lot of advertising. And it's, it's pretty hard to see through. Right. I mean, the Spice Girls. You knew I was going to bring that up next, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. you understand. You're too young for that, right? <laughs> um, so the Spice Girl. So there was the, the one who could sing. Her name was Sporty Spice. No, her nickname was Sporty Spice. Mel C, right. or, or something like that, right? Now, I just happened to read this because, in no way, shape, or form, am I ever into celebrity gossip. Actually, I love gossip, but it's a topic for another time, right? Okay, so Mel C was just about the most famous singer in the 90s, right? Um, She was part of a group, right? um, The Spice Girls, right? Yeah. And when she was in the Spice Girls, and she was like at the very top of any kind of success metric that any performer would ever want to have. I mean, people were mental about this. If you weren't around for the Spice Girls phenomenon, man, you've really missed Beatlemania uh, with a halter top, right? And yeah. she became, of course, staggeringly wealthy and all of that. So, and she was like 20 when she just responded to an advertisement to form some girl group. This was in like 1994. And, of course, you sit there and you say, wow, you know, I'd love to be successful, right? Wouldn't it be great to be successful? And then, uh, then what happens? Well, uh, what happens is you get as much success as you could conceivably want. And she said, and here's a quote, the lows of being famous were devastatingly hard. It pushed me to the point of illness. I was struggling with an eating disorder and suffering from depression. I had everything I'd ever dreamed of and was desperately unhappy. It's often forgotten that people in the public eye are human. And it's uh, she, she was struggling to get out of bed. It was very teary at the depths of her depression, she ended up finally seeking help in the year 2000. She got into therapy and all of that. I mean, gosh, you look at look Pink. She's been married forever to this guy. And they've been, they've been in therapy their entire marriage, like 14 years or something like that, right? And, yeah, she was addicted to exercise. She stopped eating properly. And she also, like, really, really got sick. And she says, I began to become very, very ill she explained that she grew up as a confident and ambitious child but all of that changed when her image was consistently scrutinized as part of the spice girls she revealed that it was around the millennium she began feeling low and struggled to get out of bed despite her jam-packed schedule she said i was really worried for my sanity i was binge eating as well i went to my doctor and he said to me the first thing you need to address is your depression and of course that was like oh what really what and uh, anyway so a uh, long story short but um you look at these people. You know, she's thin. She's pretty. She's talented. She's famous. She's rich. She's successful. As, as you know, and she also she was the one who had a really great voice. And um, I mean, it's a miserable existence. It's a mm. miserable existence for the most part. And yeah, you know, it's like Brian May. I mean, guitarist. Is, I don't know anything about the guy in particular, other than he was suicidal at one point in the band, and he has always had an air of just significant mournfulness about him probably because he's really paranoid about global warming or whatever but no it was even before then right Mm -hmm. so but asking kids like if you ask if you look at the Spice Girls who are like screaming and singing and dancing and poppy and happy and all that kind of stuff right and if you say to your kid yeah but but secretly they're miserable I mean what's your kid gonna think
2: well, yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. And I, I think that would be a bad argument that secretly they're miserable. Uh, maybe I did say that, but I think a bet- maybe a better way to put it is, you know, they'll get theirs eventually. And, and we address that already. That's not, that's not also not always true, you know, but, but just like, yeah, the Spice Girls, they've, they, it's sort of short-term pleasure, but long-term
0: not, you know, so I, yeah. But no, but here's the thing, right? So here's the thing, right? I'm sorry to interrupt again, but here's the thing. no. When it comes to people getting theirs, see, Christians have it a little easier than philosophers. You see, because in Christianity, who makes sure bad people get theirs? Satan. No, no, no. (laughs) Satan tempts bad people to do bad things. Who makes sure that they get punished? Oh, God, then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that big book of Peter's at the pearly gates, and they... they make sure, man, that nobody gets away. So if you're right. wronged, you say, okay, well yeah, I'm wronged, but my God, they will um, they will get theirs, right? I don't have to lift a finger. Now, some Christians get kind of passive about this, which I don't agree with and many Christians wouldn't agree with that either, but it happens on its own, right? Now, who is it resp- who is it who is responsible? For bad people getting theirs in the secular world
2: yeah you'd have to admit that there there doesn't appear to be anyone like that
0: yeah you know this this nonsense hallmark bullshit statement the arc of the universe is long but bends towards justice it's like no it doesn't are you yeah. kidding look at the French revolution for god's sakes look yeah. at Khmer Rouge look at communism look, look at fascism look come on it bends Though, towards justice. Nonsense. I, want, I wonder if you could
2: maybe make the counter argument. Have you read that? You know that book, um, Matt Ridley, the the rational optimist. Familiar with that one? Oh a, yes. Yeah, I mean it's kind of old, but yeah. Just just if you look at all the statistics, you know, everything is getting better. It just takes a long time. So it's it. If you're rational and you're looking at all the data, you you there's a good case for not buying into all the alarmism. You know, that, that kind of... Yeah,
0: but no, but those are, all, those are all markers of human physical well-being that it completely ignored the reality of debt. Mm. I mean, so, so like that book and those books, and uh, look, I had Bjorn Larmberg on the show years ago, the, the, the skeptical environmentalist or whatever. He's, yeah, I mean, there's certainly... Listen, I mean, people are wealthier. Hunger is down. Starvation is down. Healthcare accessibility is up. Education is up. And, you know, the best contraception is industrialization. So, I mean, I get all of that. Mm-hmm. But they seem to kind of skip over the whole massive unfunded liabilities. Right. Because it's like, hey, man, I'm just living off my visa. My life is way better. This is huge improvement. There's no reason to be anxious. like, yeah, well, what happens when the visa bill comes due? Uh, I don't need to deal with that too much, (laughs) right? So this rational optimism stuff, if it wasn't based on debt, if it was genuine free market stuff, I'd be like, yay. But, you know, every human life in this world is propped up by at least $30,000. And that's a couple of years ago now. It's probably $40,000 of debt, right? So, uh, yeah, everything's getting better. It's like, yes, but we're still borrowing from the future to bribe the present. Sure, sure no the, the 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 responsibility for making sure bad people get theirs is yours and mine yeah there's no third party involved. You can't say well, it's the state because the bad people go to the state <laughs> it's where they gets you be pointed out earlier that's where they get it's where the smartest bad people go right yeah so you know it's uh it's up to us it's uh it's you and me. And I guess you, if you're listening to this, but that's uh, we're the ones. We're, mm-hmm. we're the ones. and there's no backup, there's no one else, no force of the universe, no physics, no God. And if it's just pure mammal stuff, you know they they do way better than than us, right? Yeah. If it's just pure resource acquisition, yeah, compromise and lack of integrity and surrendering to the masses and stroking the vanity of of democ- democracy and so on, that all makes you a fortune. And standing up for what's true and what's right and what's good, well, uh, history is full of people. Uh, it did not work out very well for them at all. Yeah, And so it's, it's a tough case to make. If If we can't... Offer people heaven or threaten them with hell. Oof, that's the big challenge, right? So I always say in, in, in parenting, the greatest creativity comes out of not punishing, because then you've got to figure out how to civilize a child, so to speak, without punishment, without bribery. But mm-hmm. it's the same thing is true with philosophy, is that we have to figure out how to motivate people. We can't threaten them with hell, and we can't bribe them with heaven. So, and and as I've said in this show many, many times, hey, welcome to philosophy, the shitstorm starts here. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can't even give you cool abs. You know, a lot of sit-ups, it's painful. It's like, yeah, but you get cool abs. I'm like, okay, philosophy can't even offer that. It might just be a sliding shit show to nothing, right?
2: Right, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, I think I just talked myself out of philosophy, so I'm going to just change the name <laughs> of the show on the website here, so... All right, shitstorm mammal acquisition matrix. There we go. There we go. Celebrity gossip. Hmm. Man, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. I love that stuff. Um, okay, so yeah, your kids are gonna ask. Your kids. Are well, ask.
2: what? What? I mean, what did you say? I mean,
0: if if I can ask. Uh Yeah. Okay. You you can ask. <laughs> of course. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not going to uh, ask people to reveal the deepest, darkest secrets of themselves. So yeah, you model the behavior for sure. And one thing kids are incredible at is noticing contradictions. Mm-hmm. And they don't like them. And this is particularly true when they start to hit, you know, the the teen storms, the tween storms of, you know, incipient puberty and so on. Right? They, um, they're really, really good right. at noticing contradictions. So the way it, it works for me is, you know, like, tell the truth, right? So I keep my word, right? And so even when it's not particularly pleasant, right? I'll, I'll keep my word. You know, if, if I've got a headache and my daughter wants to go bike riding and I said I'd go bike riding, unless it's a real pounder, which is very rare for me, I'll, I'll go bike riding, right? And just find a way to make it work, find a way to to mm-hmm. do it, right? And if you keep your word, then as your child lies to you, as they inevitably will, then you say to them, wait, you just, you didn't keep your word, right? And then the the bribery is, do you want predictable behavior on my part that gives you pleasure? Because I... For me, morality is not some abstract set of rules like the Ten Commandments or physics, so to speak, that you you simply enact regardless of reciprocity, consequences, right? To me, morality, and I don't think it's just to me, I think it's a good case, morality is a relationship. You don't owe people higher moral standards than they provide to you, right, or that they give to you. In the same way that, you know, if somebody ships you an empty iPad box. When you bought an iPad, you don't have to ship them a check for 500 bucks because they didn't keep their end of the bargain up. It's the same thing with morality. We owe honesty to people who've earned that trust and who are honest with us. We don't owe honesty to people who are uh, dishonest with us uh, and and so on, right? So uh, honesty and, and good virtuous behavior and good behavior is like, it's like a medal. It's like a reward. It's like a prize that we give to people who behave in a good manner, in an honest and consistent manner. And so with my daughter, uh, if, if she, as she inevitably did, would lie or break a word or whatever, I'd be like, oh, okay, so can I do that now? Like, can I make a promise and then break it? No, right? Well, why? Well, that, that's bad, right? Uh, I need to be able to trust you. Aha, <laughs> right? You need to be able to trust me, do you? Uh, do you think that that goes both ways, right? And it's about being honest Right? So if I'm in a good mood, which I usually am, if I'm in a good mood, then we can have a lot of fun. If for whatever reason, right? It, it can happen. This will happen with your kids, and this happens to every parent. So you do a lot of roughhousing when you're younger, and it's a great deal of fun. And then what happens is you get older, and your kids get bigger and stronger, and then they will end up injuring you. And... You will remind them, and it's part of the process of growing, of knowing your own strength, of managing your own strength. All this is natural, healthy part of growing up. But at some point, it would just bug the hell out of you because <laughs> you'll just get injured right after you said, be careful, right, and the kid's not being careful, right? Now, what that means is, for me, at least, okay, well, we're going to stop roughhousing for a little while because I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it if I'm constantly thinking, Oh, I hope I don't get my eye gouged or something like that, right? Or the shot to the nuts, which seems to be inevitable when you're a father, right? So it's and it's not like I'm sitting there saying, I want to, but I'm going to withhold roughhousing because I'm mad and I'm punishing. You. It's nothing like I don't want to. I don't enjoy it when I get injured. I don't enjoy it when I'm anticipating getting injured. Like, it's just not fun for me. So I'm not going to do it. Oh, please, please, please. It's like, no, I don't want to. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even that sorry. Like, I, I just don't want to. And I said, look, look, in the same way, if I kept cooking meals that you hated eating, would you want me to cook you a meal? Well, no, because right? you don't enjoy it, right? So you don't want me to do that, right? So that kind of universality, reciprocity, and honesty is really important. I don't want to give my daughter these abstract moral rules that she has to follow no matter what because that means that she's going to be exploited, in this world, right? We we all know this, right? This is a big problem in the West that we have this pathological altruism that is not reciprocated elsewhere in the world, to put it mildly, right? So it's a relationship. Treat people you can the best. Sorry, treat people the best you can when you first meet them. After that, treat them as they treat you. That's how yeah. morality in a productive and practical and empirical sense works. Morality is empirical, not absolute uh, in, in that sense, right? So to me, it's just about if you want to have positive and productive relationships with people, then stand up for yourself and demand reciprocity based upon good behavior, and you, you can withdraw participation you can withdraw participation, and in fact, you probably should, If certainly if that's what you feel like, if you're being treated in an unjust or unkind or careless manner, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that's, I, I, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> because if you're raising a child to be rational, sensible, honest, decent, and have integrity you're setting them up as a giant mark for the world. Like, it's sad, but true. (laughs) It's very sad. Be generous, be kind, be thoughtful, be considerate, be blah, 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 blah. Be exploited. (laughs) Yeah. Because people will just, they'll just pillage that like a bunch of Vikings falling upon a dwarf Irish village. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think the most important aspect of this is your job is not to tell your child what you think. Your job is to get your child to think. Right. So if your child says, why be good? So that is a very big and important question. I'm so thrilled that you've asked it i have some thoughts but i really want to know what you think Mm -hmm. right get her or him to talk about what they think because here's the thing when sorry i'm using that phrase too much tonight but what the hell so you are as a dad like a god to them and so as soon as you say something that's just what it is that's just the way it is And it's really hard for them to grow a plant in the giant shadow of your thinking because, you know, you're 30, you're 40, you're experienced, you're huge, you go out, you make mysterious money, (laughs) things happen, you, you know, you have to be asked for everything sometimes. And so it's really, really hard for kids to think for themselves once the father reveals the conclusion, if that makes sense. Yes. So my daughter will ask questions and I'll be like, eh, ah, what do you think? I'm going to talk about what I think, but eh, right? What do you think? I'm happy to share what I think, but let's, let's talk about you. Because then you've got to figure out, you, you can figure out then what is motivating or driving or stimulating your child. Yeah. To be a, um, to be a teacher means you must first be a learner, right? This is why when you and I started the conversation tonight, first thing I said was, is there anything you want to add, or anything you need to add, or anything that you want to put in, or what and you hear that I say this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the key, I think.
2: Yeah, no, I I, um, I think that's I think that's great. I mean I, I um, I, I would say, I mean, I've, I've listened to your show a lot, so it seems kind of funny to be like, yes, I agree, because I, I honestly, <laughs> not just you, but, but uh, you know, anyway, I, I hear a lot of my own approach, but I mean, I, before I had kids, I was listening to, you know, a lot of your ideas on peaceful parenting, and then not just you, some of the people that you've had on your show, like, um, I think it was because you interviewed uh, Dr. Gabor Mate that I went and read some of his books and I was, you know, so that really influenced me too. So, um, you know, anyway, that this is all stuff that I feel like I do, but to, but yeah, I mean, um, if she were to ask me tomorrow, what I think about these things, I don't know that I would have immediately come back and said, what do you think? I probably would have ventured an answer. So that's, that's a good reminder. That's probably important.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think trying to figure out what your kid, where your kids are starting from is really important. Plus, you know, they might, they might blow your minds because mm-hmm. they have original thoughts. And you and I have less original thoughts because we probably won't ask that when we were younger, right?
2: No, certainly not. No, I remember um, when I was a little kid uh, in that, that environment, my, you know, my parents were great and everything, but they they were uh, just very religious and very you know, everyone's everyone pretends everyone says they want to teach their kids how to think not what to think. that's <laughs> kind of what we were getting at. But yeah. then of course they're not they're they're still very interested in indoctrinating their kids. So um, I remember one particular time when I was younger than 10, but I had this thought of like, well, what if there are other, I like we read the Adam and Eve story. What if God had set up like a whole bunch of different Adam and Eve's and then different ones had, had chosen different, you know, and like they're all living out different timelines. And, and I just remember y- y- having this like very distinct feeling like, Oh wow, that was the wrong thing to say. Cause my parents, they didn't like yell at me, but it was just sort of like, Oh man, I, I kind of went, went the wrong. on were like, no, that's just not true. Um, so, you just get the, you have those little experiences here and there, and you realize, like, oh, there's certain things you can't say, you can't think.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and some of it, of course, is your parents genuinely trying to protect you from social blowback. Yeah. Maybe that's probably, right? true. no, I mean, cause, you know, well, you start talking about this stuff, and people get really mad at you. And it's like, oh, let's just give them the easy stuff. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I also wondered if I was in part of the third testament at one point. I remember I was like in <laughs> Sunday school. I was like, man, maybe somebody's going to write about me.
0: Right. But, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the third testament.
2: Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It was. It's not that I hadn't any. I wasn't doing anything interesting, but I just you're reading about all these disciples and apostles and everything, and and I just, of course, you believe it as the gospel, so to speak, and uh, and then so i i just assumed like oh wow if people were writing about these guys then maybe there someone's going to come along and write about other people and i'm an i'm another person so yeah
0: i'm a person right why yeah. not why not <laughs> you
2: know i think well, i was younger though I, I remember i was probably like six or seven or something when i thought that but
0: yeah right. no but see that would be interesting right yeah that would be a fascinating thing for a parent to say well tell me more right
2: Absolutely. And I'm just thinking if my daughter were to say something like that, I would be like, that is a great point. I would love to hear you say not not because I think she's anyway, whatever. A kid is going to say all kinds of crazy things. But but it's funny and also very interesting to find out what's going
0: on in their world. So, uh, you know, but. Yeah, figure out where they're coming from to start. You got to I mean, nobody starts building a house without doing a survey, right? You can't start trading knowledge without. Figuring out where people are coming from, I mean, you mm-hmm. can, but it just seems seems a little rude.
3: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: And the see so whatever the child comes up with that is more personal and generate self-generated is is m- much more likely to stick longer, if that makes sense. Mm. Okay. Like the um, yeah, I I think that's that's you know you because you really. Um, you really, of course, want your kids to um, uh, to to take whatever ethics you want them to to have, and just really stick with it and have it stick with them, and so on. And if it's just something you've told them, I think kind of in general, it's one ear at the other, in one ear at the other. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, kids who are listened to, I think, end up. Uh, I think it's just better all round. Sorry, that's not much of an argument. but You know what I mean. It's just better all around. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you just you you know
2: you'll
0: figure it out. Yeah. Is that is that a good uh, a good place to start? Do you yeah.
2: Think? No, no, that's 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 great. Um, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard because I didn't give you a lot of details. Not that there are any to give, but just the. I think it's just kind of inevitable, given the the broader family that that we're in that that there are going to be problems but I, I don't anticipate conflict you know it's not like I'm the only one in the, in my family that has raised kids like my I have a brother who is also atheist or I think he calls himself a hopeful agnostic but you know um, but anyway, like, he raises kids in that way, and it's not like that was ever an issue with them. So I don't think it's going to be a problem, but I also, you know, I it's more just like wanted to get your thoughts on that, what you've provided, which is great, but, you know, on, on just an approach to, yeah, to just talking about these issues, given that they're going to be hearing all kinds of different influences.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do for education, do you think? Home, school. Okay, good. Yeah, because otherwise, you really are throwing them to the wolves, right? Yeah, I mean, we're in California, so. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That. Yeah, definitely. that <laughs> gotta, you gotta right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the next caller. Thanks very much. And of course, as always, you know, keep me posted about uh, how it goes. And uh, if Thank there's you. ever anything it. else I could do, please let me know. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Great chat.
1: All right. Next up. Next up, we have... A caller who writes, My boyfriend and I, mid-twenties, have been dating on and off for a year and a half. We love each other and want to get married and start a family, but at the same time, we are unhappy. He's upset with me because I can hurt his feelings a lot and bring up problems in a relationship without much patience. Often I lose hope and say we should just break up. My whole life I've heard people tell me that I'm mean or too harsh, and it's especially a problem in relationships. How do I fix this problem? When I try to talk about it or look at it, my mind gets all muddled and I can't think clearly. I'm confused if I'm actually harsh or if people just don't want the truth or opinions spoken clearly. Sometimes people say they're really grateful they can always count on me for an honest opinion. I'd love it if people would speak to me openly, though. I feel like if someone were to address my flaws directly without trying to tiptoe around my feelings that it means they really love me because they want me to get better, they're willing to risk my getting upset to say it and they think I can handle it.
0: Hmm. All right.
1: I appreciate that. Are, are you both on or just you?
4: I just me.
0: All right. All right. Tell me a little bit about uh, your your start in life, the early days of you.
4: Uh, well, I have a really good family. I have um, two brothers and um, I don't know, had a really good childhood.
0: And what do your parents think of your... Oh, tell me, sorry, tell me a little bit about your dating history, sorry, before we get to the parental units.
4: Uh, Well, basically, I had some bad ideas about, like, how to attract men. So I didn't date anyone until college and then just dated one person in college. And then after college, have been dating a lot of guys.
0: And how many boyfriends have you had?
4: Uh, I had, like, five or six, probably.
0: Right. And... What were the bad ideas you had about how to attract a man?
4: Well, so my parents kind of my dad chased my mom for a long time, basically, for like four years. Um, and then eventually she fell in love with him and they got married. And I think my mom basically like passed that on to me as like dating strategy. Like I was supposed to be like hard to get, basically, and like kind of cold and like not flirtatious or anything or mm-hmm. like not warm.
0: Interesting. So tell me a little bit more about your parents' courtship. That's very interesting.
4: Uh, yeah, I don't know. My dad just, like, fell in love with my mom and, like, <laughs> basically, like, stalked her. And she was, like – well, they were friends. They were friends for four years. Um, and he just, like, really pursued her, Um and she was, like, totally against it, like, didn't see him as, like, a partner in that way. They were just good friends. Um, and then all of a sudden, she, like, changed her mind, and, like, they got engaged really, really quickly. Um, and then when they were engaged, she was kind of having, like, dreams from, from God, saying, like, yeah, you're doing the right thing. It's going to work out well. And now they have a pretty good marriage.
0: <clears throat> quite Quite a lot there. <laughs> Quite a lot mm-hmm. in there that needs to be probably talked about. Um, do you, so? Was it God who changed her mind?
4: Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what changed.
0: How, her how mind long did for, your dad pursue like, her for?
4: Like four years. Oh my God. Yeah. How pretty is she? I. She's pretty. <laughs> She's pretty, I, yeah. think, I think it's mostly her personality. She's like, she's a really good person.
0: I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not saying she's not a good person, but to for a guy to pursue a woman for four years? Oh, man, that's... I mean, I'm not saying it's stalking. I'm just saying it's stalking.
3: <laughs>
4: it, <laughs> maybe light stalking. Yes, but somehow it worked out.
0: Well, but, but that's the somehow that's the problem, right? Mm-hmm. The somehow is the problem. And that, I think, is what we kind of need to try and figure out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe something like he needed to, like, prove that he was, like, loyal or committed or something.
0: A four years is crazy. Sorry, I, I don't yeah, mean to be overly. I don't, know I don't mean more. to be overly brusque, but four years. Um, h- how old were they when they got married?
4: Uh, pretty young, like twenty-two, I think, twenty-three, maybe.
0: Wow. Okay, so we've got uh, late teens to sort of early mid twenties. That's what's going on, right?
4: Yeah, they met in college.
0: Okay did she you know did she date other men at this point or or was she
4: yeah I think they both dated other people
0: oh they both dated, so he wasn't just finding and hanging I around, so. he was also doing his own thing, right
4: I think so, yes, yeah,
0: wow, wow, okay and um but but of course that's your um that's your measure of of success right yeah, that worked, and that's yeah, that's a real that's a real challenge. So tell me the kind of conflicts that you get into with your boyfriend.
3: Well Hmm. I
4: I guess like we're kind of like thinking about marriage and stuff where and there we still have some problems in our relationship that like kind of bother me. And we're trying to work through them, but basically I'm feeling like impatient about it. Well about a number of them. And I'll kind of like bring stuff up and then I'll just talk about it for a long time and be like, (laughs) just be like, this is a really big problem. I feel bad about it. And it's just like really hard on him. Cause a lot of, a lot of, it just feels like I'm like railing on him.
0: Okay. Can you think of an example? I know it's sometimes tough in the moment, but.
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't want. To. I'm like nervous about sharing like too many details on like a public.
3: Yeah, thing. yeah. Well,
0: but, whatever. Um, whatever you're comfortable with. It can I be it can be very abstract if you like.
4: Yeah, like I'll just I'll get upset about like a certain dynamic that we have that he's like trying to change and like feels bad about, but I'll like keep bringing it up.
0: Uh, okay. So, um a dynamic such as
4: um Well, like sexual stuff is kind of like one thing that's been coming up recently. Oh,
0: okay. So, this is why you're feeling a little uncomfortable about this. Okay.
4: Yeah. Well, I don't want to like be, I don't want to like be rude to him, you
0: know? No, no. I, I, hey, I appreciate that. And I, I don't want you to be rude to him either. Unless that's what he's into. In which case, be rude to him. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, is it okay and and I'm just going to ask and you know don't obviously um uh don't reveal or talk about anything you're not comfortable with I'm not trying to give you some sort of me too moment here but just to give me a sense if it's if it's sexual stuff that's that's there is it that like he wants to do stuff you don't want to do stuff you don't want to do you want to do stuff he doesn't want to do stuff is it frequency is it what that kind of stuff uh
4: yeah kind of like frequency and like a certain type of interacting which is like okay but it's kind of like he he kind of has like one thing that he's like particularly like interested in and it seems like i kind of have to like play into that a bit and sometimes it feels like he's like not really attracted to like
0: me oh so it's a a sort of physical act or a sexual act that he's really into. more like
4: yeah like kind of like a psychological dynamic (sighs)
0: <sighs> okay i don't mind groping around in the fog a little bit here but and i again i, I i'm sensitive to your sensitivity with regards to these issues uh, is it yeah. like a role play and thing I mean, is it
4: yeah yeah kind of yeah like role play basically i mean we're not having sex either because i'm christian but we still like talking. okay about
0: i'm i'm just hang on i'm just winching my jaw back off the floor not that you're christian and not that you're not having sex but there is a, uh-huh. a sexual dynamic or something that's occurring in the absence of actually having sex, right? Yeah. And your concern is that that's going to play over into the marriage? Yeah. So is it that he wants you to be someone other than who you are in um. the bedroom, so to speak?
4: Yeah, it's like he wants to like change me in a certain way.
0: Implants? No, I don't know. it's <laughs> <Just No. guessing. laughs> <Just> really guessing. <laughs> so he he wants you to pretend to be someone other than who you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Which, no, I think is this like is all fine very delicately every once put and... in
4: a while. But it's not like like I don't want to do that. All like I don't want all our interactions to be like that.
0: Well, of course not. Of course not. I mean, you know, if it's, I don't know, I'm obviously just really groping in the dark here, but if it's some sort of Sailor Moon fetish, it's like, well, not every time. Because, you know, is it me or the Japanese anime that you care about, right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. And how do those conversations go?
4: Um... He doesn't like it about himself, and it actually took him a long time to kind of, like, express that to me. And I kind of, like, helped draw it out of him. And we Oh, like so he's regretful...
0: Sorry, he's regretful of these impulses himself?
4: Yeah, he doesn't like it.
0: Oh, but it's... it's I mean, I, it gets his juices flowing, so to speak, but he doesn't like that yeah. it does? Yeah. Right. No, and listen... I mean, I don't have to tell you this, of course, right? But just just for the audience as a whole, the the vulnerability that a woman has in the sexual act, you know, she's got some big, giant, bald ape pinning her down, so to speak, right? And so the amount of trust that has to be there and the amount of empathy and connection that needs to be there for a woman to enjoy sex is very high, and often it's higher than what a man... You know, we're a bit of a sort of spray and prey species, so to speak, at least this side of the uh, the gender divide. And so... If there is a feeling of dehumanization in sexuality, I pretty much think it's impossible for a woman to really enjoy that. I, again, I'm, I'm not trying to speak to your experiences or anything, but that's the way that I approach these kinds of issues.
3: Hmm.
0: Okay, because you want to know that he's there for you,
4: mm-hmm. not yeah. I want him just to your be body, like, right? Attracted to me, yeah.
0: Right. Whereas if you've got to change things considerably in order to get his attraction, it's like okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it me or the blue wig or, you know, what, whatever it's going to be, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. And so he's not happy with it. You're not happy with it,
3: mm-hmm. which
0: I guess begs the question, well, then why wouldn't it change? Or at least that would be the commitment.
4: Yeah, he's working on it. But basically I'm feeling, like, really impatient because I'm anxious about, like, having kids soon. So I kind of i am I'm just like, okay, like, if we can't sort all our stuff out, like, really soon, we should just, like, break up and I need to date someone else. And, of course, like, that makes it worse and just makes it more stressed and stuff.
0: And you've been a year and a half, right?
4: Yeah, kind of on and off dating. Basically, we've been oh. more serious about each other for, like, the good part of a year.
0: On and off dating. I'm afraid you've just bumped into one of my... Potentially irrational prejudices. Uh
3: huh.
0: <laughs> um, so if if somebody said I have a pretty good job, but I keep quitting or getting fired, and then I'll sort of go back and get the job again, and then I keep quitting or, get, or getting fired, then I go back and get the job again, what would you say?
4: Seems like a problem.
0: Well, seems do you like think they that... don't
4: really want the job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On again, off again stuff, oof, that's that's in many ways the worst kind of relationship because mm-hmm. well, this is what you're calling, right? Because yeah. if you have a breakup, that's tough, but you know, band-aid's off, right? but mm-hmm. and and if you're together and you're happy, that's great. But if it's this start, stop stuff, oof.
4: Yeah,
3: oof.
0: that's
4: exactly the thing. And basically, I'm trying to just be like, okay, well, we should just like decide one way or the other. and I keep like oscillating between them. And then right. that kind of causes the, like, breaking up and getting back together.
0: Right. Right. So, <laughs> you, you, you're considered to be a pretty blunt person, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to assume that you don't mind bluntness too much? Go for it. All right. Here we go. <laughs> uh, it's because he has something that you want for the sake of vanity or status, or something like that. Because if the personality, or the sexuality, or the, you know, whatever is going on, is difficult enough that you keep breaking up, the question is, well, why do you go back? And my guess, eh, not going to give you an exact statistic, but roughly 98 times out of 100, the reason you go back is that he has something that appeals to you that's not just plain old virtue like maybe he's really good looking or maybe he's got a big career ahead of him or maybe he's wealthy or maybe there's something that is positive about him over and above or outside of his deep virtues as a human being that draws you back right so there's something Mm -hmm. about him that drives you away and there's something about him that draws you in now it usually is Mm -hmm. one of two things either his virtues draw you in but there's something about his appearance or his lack of prospects or something that drives you out. Or his hotness is his wealth, his status, his prospects or whatever, they draw you in but then there's something about his personality that pushes you back out.
3: Yeah, or, I mean it could be about... something
0: else, but mm-hmm. that's that's this is a, that's most you know, my first take on it.
4: Yeah, it's kind of hard to, for me to articulate. It's like something about his personality that i really really like and his like commitment to like wanting to make himself better and making the world better and like helping me get better
0: no i don't believe that sorry <laughs> i okay. could be wrong i could be completely wrong but that totally felt <laughs> like an artificial sales pitch
4: because okay, personality well. <laughs> tends to
0: be kind of an integrated whole right so it's She's very not rare.
4: integrated He's not integrated. It it feels like his like mind is divided and part of it is like very present and like very well developed and then part of it feels like not developed at all. Like he's like really out of touch with his body and like that part of his mind just feels like not present.
0: All right, that's quite that's quite a Rubik's cube you got going on there, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me Ah, that just needs a whole bunch of unpacking, which I'm very happy to okay. <laughs> to do and to, to hear you. about. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hear more.
4: Uh, well, so basically, I did a, like a psychological retreat called the Hoffman process. And I've like adopted their like theory of mind, which is like, uh, people are quadrinities. So it's like spiritual self, emotional self, intellect, and body. And like... Uh, The goal is kind of to get all of these four things like working together. And that's kind of what like being integrated is. And I'm kind of looking at him and he's like really, really well developed along two dimensions. And then like one or maybe two others are like kind of lacking. And it seems like part of himself is kind of like bullying the other parts of himself.
0: Okay. Um, Now for one of us in the conversation that probably has clarified a whole lot. Sorry, so for one of us nope. in the conversation, that has probably clarified a whole lot, but not for both of us. So if you can give me something just a smidge more specific about these issues. Oh, can you hear me?
4: Oh, yeah, you're back. Hi. Oh, I'm so
0: sorry about that. Uh, so for one of us in the conversation, that really clarified stuff. But okay. unfortunately, just not for both of us. And that one person is okay. not me, by the way, just just in case you're okay. wondering. So if you can give me something more tangible. Uh, again, I haven't gone through this Hoffman thing. I don't really understand the matrix. So yeah. if you can just give me something more tangible that you dislike.
4: That I dislike. Okay, he's like out of touch with his body. And he can't, like, feel things very well.
0: So, wait, like, is that his body to, or like, his emotions?
4: Oh, no, he's pretty good emotionally. It's his body.
0: What, what do you mean? He's a leper? I don't know. What do you got you stick him with a pin? He doesn't notice? What do you mean he can't feel things in his body? A
4: little. Well, he's gotten a lot better. But, like, he did. He actually, like, got a cut a while ago. And, like, didn't eat. And it got infected. And, like, someone had to notice that it, like was a big problem like visibly a problem and then like drove him to the hospital because he was just like ignoring it
0: huh it was a visible cut i assume
4: yeah well it got infected and like part of his body like turned green or something oh
0: my god my god i know okay (laughs) that's that's so this is basic self-care yeah so what else
4: Well, he, well, like he used to like eat cold food all the time and just like didn't notice. But this was before I met him, and then he made some friends that like helped him out a lot, and now he's like more in tune along those dimensions. Now he eats warm. What food. with
0: cold food? What do you mean, like a a sub? Like what? What do you mean cold food? Like
4: the like like he would eat like food that was supposed to be heated up, but he would just eat it cold and it like never occurred to him to like microwave it or anything.
0: But is he, was he raised by wolves? Like what, where would he lack these basic skills?
4: I don't know. He grew up mostly with nannies.
0: Okay. So what do you know? Oh, about and then childhood?
4: he, he was in, he kind of joined like an activist group and I think they were kind of quirky so that might have had something to do with it as well.
0: What do you mean? Activists like environmental or, or political? Or
4: Yeah, kind of like that. I don't hmm. want to get like too specific, but yeah, something like that.
0: Okay. All right. So he was raised mostly by nannies. Is that right? I mean, wh- why mm-hmm. doesn't he have... This is not a criticism of him, right? But I mean, just yeah. what's your theory as to why he doesn't have these basic life skills?
3: Um...
4: Yeah, I actually, I don't know. I mean, I think...
0: A year and a half you've been going out with this guy. (laughs) And you don't know why he lacks basic life skills. What have you been talking about?
4: He thinks that maybe something happened to him when he was, like, really young that was traumatic. And then that that, that caused, like, detachment from his body and stuff.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we, we can call it detachment from the body. But it's just basic self care. I mean, if he was not yeah. cared for, then he would lack uh, basic self care, right?
4: Yeah. Well, his parents are kind of like checked out a little bit. This is like his words. He's just complains that they're like checked out boomers. You
0: well, just have like you go met along them? with
4: normal things. Yeah, I've met them.
0: So, what do you think?
4: Um, they're like very like normal in a way that i've like never met someone so like like almost like bland normal
0: are they aware that their son risks sepsis by letting a wound get infected
4: yeah well it was actually his parents who like took him to the hospital
0: oh so his parents noticed that he hadn't taken care of a cut and they took him to the hospital
4: yeah they it was when he was in college, and they visited him,
0: okay, so that's like a five alarm fire, right? Mm-hmm. for a parent yeah, so what did they do? Did they say, Holy shit, something's really missing here. This is very dangerous.
4: um, I doubt it. His parents don't they don't really seem like the type to do
0: that. Okay, so I, I I really need you to denormalize this shit. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think you're there yet. Because you're just giving me a bland mm-hmm. Because you said they're kind of normal, right?
4: Not not no- Like, normal, like... Like, you walk into their house and it feels, like, staged. Like, a weird kind of normal. Like, people trying to pretend... No, no, no what are
0: you normal, talking about? A weird kind of normal.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like... Come on! Like, they're almost, like it's like if people like what do normal people do it's like they're like imitating normal
0: like space aliens if they had to pretend to be human right
4: (laughs) a little bit
0: all right okay okay so this deeply disturbed right yeah it's deeply disturbed i I assume they have money right
3: Mm -hmm.
0: nannies usually means money right Yep. So they have money and they would rather do whatever it is they did to make money than spend time with their son, right? Which is why he was raised by the succession of nannies, right? Yep. And the nannies don't seem to have cared for him much. Does he keep in touch with any of them?
4: Um, I don't think he's in touch. One of them he says he really liked and one of them apparently was like weird, but she was only there for like a couple months or something.
0: And do you, do you know why she left?
4: Um, yeah, I, I don't want to go into the details, but, uh, yeah, there was kind of like a weird incident and they like got suspicious of something weird, but like very unclear, like not suspicious of anything in particular, in particular, just like stuff wasn't adding up of what she was telling them.
0: Okay. So she struck the weirdos as weird and they got rid of her, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. Now, They are not aware, as far as I understand it, of any of the fairly significant dysfunctions that their son has, right?
4: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how they interact with it.
0: No, you are. Because they found him with a infected wound. Mm -hmm. They had to basically drag him to the hospital. I assume they know to some degree that he eats cold food and I assume that there's a whole bunch of other like the basics, right? Does he go to the dentist? Mm -hmm. Does he get his eyes checked? Does he maintain a healthy weight? Does he exercise like basic self-care stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, does he have, does he, does he miss some of that other stuff as well?
3: Oh
4: no, he's like taking really good care of himself right now. Um, and he's actually like looking into a lot of like medical stuff and like, Getting checked up on everything, so he's doing a pretty good
0: job. Okay, right. Okay, so the family's weird, right? Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Well, I'm not sure if you're agreeing with me or 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 just (laughs) kind of making a noise there.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird.
0: Well, producing a son who doesn't even notice that he's got an infection—that's weird, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's coming from a lot of isolation. He's also coming from being raised by non-biological caregivers, right? Mm Non-biologically related caregivers, which puts him at a Mm -hmm. particular vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. Now, part of Mm -hmm. that vulnerability is just we take care of, uh, on a whole, there's lots of some exceptions, of course, but we take care of our flesh and blood more than we take care of strangers, right? That's number one. And number two Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. His capacity to bond would be significantly interrupted by the fact that the, these nannies would be coming and going. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
0: And he has parents who don't care, who didn't notice, or don't care, or whatever. Right. Yeah. So why do you want to marry into this family? That—that's the downside, I don't really
4: right? Really like his family. <laughs>
0: No, no, but when you yeah. get married, you marry into yeah. the family, right yep so so, we've got a lot of downsides here, right so mm-hmm. right, so but you gotta tell me what the upsides are that keep you coming back, and you gotta be honest you don't have to be I'd really appreciate it if you would be honest with me because there's something in this man that's drawing you back and you know, there are sexual issues, there are self-care issues, there are emotional availability issues, there are body inhabitation issues, and so on, right? So let's, and, and a weird family, right? And a history yeah. of uh, of uh, non-bonding, which is going to be a problem. Like, when you have your kids if, with this guy, how is he going to be as mm-hmm. a dad if he never bonded with his own parents? Mm. Well,
4: so, I think he would be a good dad.
0: Why, why do you think that?
4: Um... Because I think he cares a lot about not making a lot of the same mistakes that his parents did. And he wants to be, like, really involved in, like, homeschool. And he cares a lot about raising really good kids.
0: And what is he doing to try to ensure that he doesn't repeat those mistakes? Because inevitably we will, right? That's just the mm-hmm. nature of, right? And so if he wants to, like, it's like, it's like me saying, hey, I really, really want to learn Japanese, right? but at some mm-hmm. point I have to actually start learning Japanese, right? So if he wants to change mm-hmm. the language of his family from his family mm-hmm. of origin to his potential family with you, nothing's going to change unless he starts doing a hell of a lot of work. And, you know, maybe he is doing that mm-hmm. work or maybe he's in therapy or or whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. but what what is he doing to, to learn the new language that he wants to speak?
4: He does a lot of psychological stuff. Um, Like he was kind of working for like a psychology group and he was talking through a lot of his stuff with them and made a lot of progress on certain things. Um, He's starting therapy um, and then he's also been like going to church and praying about stuff.
0: Does has he talked to his family of origin to his mother and father about issues that he had with them while growing up?
4: Yeah, he kind of like keeps bringing up problems that he isn't happy with and expecting them to understand that it hurt him and they don't they're not understanding that it hurt him and they're not like apologizing. Like he's he's pretty upset about like the school that they sent him to and he wanted to be homeschooled. Um and he has every year to be homeschooled. And they said he had to go to school and he's like, he'll just like bring it up at dinner and like complain about how he had to go to school and like wanting them to kind of like apologize or feel bad for it.
0: And you're there for these dinners, is that right? And how do they Mm -hmm. react?
3: Mm
4: -hmm. They're just kind of quiet and they listen. They don't really like engage that much. They're just like, oh yeah, sorry, you had a bad time.
0: And have you ever seen them become emotional about anything?
4: Um no. His do dad they have any other kids? kind of I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, he has a brother. His dad can kind of be like short tempered and a bit rude sometimes. So that's that's the most emotional I've seen
3: them.
0: And how do you think they will be as grandparents to your children?
3: Mm.
4: Not really that good.
0: Would you feel comfortable leaving your children in their care?
4: Yeah, for like a couple of days, I would feel okay about it. But I wouldn't like have them as godparents or anything.
0: All right. So there's some negatives. So what's the what's the positive that draws you back?
4: I don't know exactly. <laughs>
0: Sure you do. No, really, no, no, no. You really don't. No, I'm sorry. I mean, with with all due respect, no, nobody gets the uh, I don't remember, I don't recall, I've got no memory of anything at all Peter Gabriel <laughs> song on this show because you absolutely know. You may not know consciously, <laughs> but you know.
4: I think he's really interesting and ambitious and smart. And I really enjoy doing a lot of kind of like personal development stuff with him and like Great. having him encourage me to like be better and change things about myself.
0: Okay. So why not have that person as a friend then? What's the lover part or the potential husband part, right?
4: Mhm. Well, we're like really attracted to each other.
0: Okay. Well, okay, good. So some... <laughs> just talk about sorry, talk about your attraction to him. Yeah. Like it's funny, there was a, a I don't know, <laughs> some picture on on TV uh, on the the web the other day. Uh, Blake Lively is married to this Canadian actor, uh, Ryan something or other. Ryan Reynolds, one of the Ryans, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. so he was built, He was bringing her a birthday cake and she took a picture of him bringing her a birthday cake and she zoomed mm-hmm. in on his veined muscle on his arm. Like, mm-hmm. I guess that was something that really got her, her going, right? And it was uh-huh. just kind of cute and funny, I guess, right? So mm-hmm. there is something about... About him, right? That, that that's sexual and physically attractive to you. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. It was mm-hmm. the basis of romance and all that. But what mm-hmm. is it that is compelling to you in that way?
4: Uh, sorry, like what about like his body? <laughs> like I, he's yeah. attractive. Yeah, he's. Really and now, cute. is
0: it face? Is it body? Is it like what is it as a whole?
4: Yeah, his face and his body too mostly his face
0: is he sort of like a classically handsome strong jaw high cheekbone kind of guy or
4: yeah a lot of people think he's attractive
0: okay so you guys and i assume you're attractive yourself as well is that right yeah and how would you rate yourself and him on that sort of one to ten scale
4: i don't know i mean we're both 90th percentile at least
0: Okay, okay. Is he the most attractive man you've dated? No. And if for some reason or another, and it will happen, of course, that he were to lose his looks or his looks were to diminish or he were to gain weight or or something like that, Mm -hmm. would the attraction sustain itself as a whole?
4: Yeah, I think
0: so. That seemed pretty quick. I don't know. I
4: can't imagine like if something happened to him and like his face got melted off or something. I can't imagine like not like loving him. No,
0: I didn't go that far. (laughs) I I didn't like he's not he's not roaming around the London or something and subject to immigrant (laughs) acid attacks. I'm just like he's going to age. Right. He's going to lose some hair. He's going to you know, his face is going to sag. You know, it's just going to happen. Right. Especially in the dad bod is a real, real phenomenon. The struggle is real. And yeah. he's just, you know, like yourself and he's going to become less attractive over time, right?
4: Yeah, that's fine.
0: And so that's fine? Yeah. I don't believe you. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying I think, you're wrong. Like, I think I'm just being lot, honest, right?
4: What, what I've experienced in terms of like attraction to guys is like my physical attraction to them can like is like very strongly influenced by like what I perceive as like their virtues so like if I think a guy is like a good person and then he does something that I think is mean I'll like all of a sudden not think he's cute anymore right and the opposite has also happened
0: and give me his top five virtues
4: um he is a really deep thinker in terms of, like, what is happening in the world and, like, how we can position ourselves in the world to make it better. And oh, this part also, of his activism, yeah. right? Uh, well, no, actually, <laughs> um, uh, the activism stuff was kind of actually more lefty. And he's, like, changed a lot since then.
0: Oh, so he's not part of the same group anymore, is that right?
4: And he, he doesn't believe in activism anymore. No, he's not. He he doesn't think activism is like a good way to change the
0: world. Okay, okay. And his career prospects? What's he studying, or what's he going to be?
4: Um, he's trying to figure that out right now. He was working on a project for about a year that kind of is falling through. Um, so
0: I'm sorry. He's... Could you say that again?
4: Yeah, he was working on a project for about a year um, that kind of looks like it's not going to work out anymore. Um, so now he he's trying to figure out what his next move is.
0: Right. And he's mid 20s? Yeah. And what was he educated in, if anything? Math. Math. Okay.
4: He's really, really good at math.
0: Right. Right often comes with a certain amount of body coldness in my experience, but that's probably <laughs> yeah. ne- neither here nor there,
4: definitely a stereotype,
0: yeah, and so he doesn't have it he hasn't had an income for about a year, is that right yeah or much
4: yeah. uh yeah not not a lot,
0: so what's he been living on
4: uh savings
0: and where did he get his savings from? I mean, that's pretty cool to have a year's living expenses, most mostly for for a young man.
4: Um, yeah, well, he he had been working for a couple of years before then um, after college.
3: But he doesn't and want he, to keep doing that. He uh,
4: graduated. Well, uh, no, not. The company that he was working for kind of, like, disbanded.
0: Okay. What is it that triggers the breakups?
4: Um, well, a lot of times it's probably just because I'm PMSing. Like, I never really used to PMS until, like, kind of, like, this year. And m- more than a couple times a month, but, like, especially once a month, I'll be, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not pregnant yet. Like, I need to, like, figure out who I'm going to marry. And, like, if this isn't working out, I just need to, like, give up and find someone else.
0: Okay. So, the breakups are fertility panic, which, you know, again, I can yeah. I can understand and appreciate and so on. Yeah. And if you have your wish list say three things, three things that you could Mm -hmm. get him to change, like, you know, to Mm -hmm. snap your fingers kind of thing, what would they be?
4: Mm -hmm. Um, I want him to be really, like, in touch with God, and, like, have God as a priority in his life. Um, I want him to get back in touch with his body, and kind of, like, be integrated in that way. Um, I want him to, like, figure out a good career. I think that would be really good for him and, like, help him be, like, confident and happy and feel like he was doing something good.
0: Okay, so you said he's going to church and praying, but it's mm-hmm. you, you want more uh, of that stuff? Is that right?
4: I want some kind of, like, assuredness that he's going to continue down that path.
0: It's... Did he go through an atheist or agnostic period?
4: Uh, Yeah, he, his parents, they're kind of, they're like fake Christians, sort of. Like, they took him to church when he was young, and pretty young he decided that he didn't like it, um, and left the church, and then his family kind of left with him, and Mm -hmm. then is kind of just being, like, reacquainted with the church through me.
0: So he's... You know, close to a quarter century atheist, right? hmm. You've got this kind of mm hmm that I'm not sure because I don't, I can't see your face. <laughs> I so I don't, yes. I don't know what the hell's going on on the other side of the yes. line here. are mm-hmm. he atheist right?
4: or agnostic or whatever.
0: Is he doing the church thing to please you or is there something else?
4: No, it's, it seems sincere to me. I, I think it's real.
0: Okay. And how would you know if he was more in touch with his body?
3: Mm.
4: Like, I want like if I like stroke his arm or something, I want him to respond positively to it.
0: What does he do now? Bite like you? Like, what do you mean? Like, no, what, what he just he...
4: like it's just, He's just like he can't even really like feel it that much. He just he just feels neutral about it
0: ah so he's not exactly a lap cat so to speak right
4: well we're it's weird i don't know we're really cuddly like we're often like sitting really close to each other touching each other but he's just not that like physically sensitive in that way
0: okay and as far as the career thing goes what's happening on that front that could be resolved relatively quickly
4: uh i think it might take him a bit he's he's um looking into a lot of different options
0: that's a very non-answer answer answer, if that makes sense (laughs) i
4: i i don't i don't think it's gonna be like super quick you know it's like okay he's like looking at like five different career options and kind of investigating all of them and that kind of takes some time
0: does he have a time frame for when he's going to make a decision?
4: Uh, no, he's just trying to do stuff like as quickly as possible, basically.
0: All right. So you're hoping the religion will take, you would like him to fundamentally change his relationship with his parasympathetic nervous system. And yeah. you want him to get his career sorted out, right? hmm mm-hmm. That's a lot to change. That's a lot to change about someone. And look, it's, it's a big yeah. question. It's a big question, mm-hmm. and there's no, I mean, at the extremes, there are certainly clear answers, right? But how much do we want people to change, and how much do we accept them for who they are? It's a big question in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody ever comes perfectly prefabricated for us. But yeah. at the same time, there are certainly extremes of differences that you can't change, really, or shouldn't expect someone to change, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But, well, so, but these are all things he wants to change about himself. And he's also changed himself, like, a lot already. Like, I mean, I haven't known him, like, that long, but, like, friends who have known him longer tell me that he was, like, used to be, like, a completely different person.
0: Okay, so if, if he's in the process of changing and you trust mm-hmm. that he's going to continue to change and he's changing in the mm-hmm. right direction, isn't he going to yeah. meet your expectations at some point pretty soon?
3: but
4: it might take too
0: long well how long like is too what long?
4: if he gets uh, i don't know it depends how hormonal i am
0: no no see technically time doesn't work that way <laughs> like the actual <laughs> physical like your clock doesn't speed up and your hormones surf over right like it, it doesn't become like fast forward on on a videotape or something right so
4: yeah i mean like right now when we're talking i don't know
0: where your hormones are but right now when we're talking how long does he have
3: i'm
4: basically just feeling like really impatient like i yeah that's still not an answer
0: how long (laughs) does he have i'll come right over there and i'll pull (laughs) this out of you with a fork if i have to but how long does he have
4: six months three
0: months a year (laughs)
4: I don't know, like, yesterday I was just feeling like I had, like, one more day. I was just like, okay, like, if things don't change by the end of the day, somehow, magically, then, like, I just can't do this anymore.
0: Okay. Okay. So, do you not trust that he will continue to change? Is that the big issue? Like, he's going to hit some point where he's just going to plateau or stop?
4: I think he will continue to change, but, like, I don't know that he's going to continue to change along, like, all the things that we discussed.
0: What does he want you to change? Or does he have a list at all? Other well, than maybe you being a bit more accepting, but what do you? What does he want yeah, you to change? Yeah,
4: the main, the main thing, I think, is kind of the topic that I wrote in about, about, like, being kind of, like, soft and gentle and, like, um, sympathetic and understanding and empathetic.
0: Yeah, because you're conditional, right? You're with him, but there's a lot of asterisks, right? There's a lot of fine print at the bottom. I am your girlfriend, assuming the following 12 conditions are met within a specified time frame that depends on my hormones, right?
3: Yes,
4: yeah.
0: So you're not committed to him? No. It's been a year and a half, and you're not committed?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, by the time my wife and I, you know, it's it's different for everyone, but just as a benchmark to some degree, by the time my wife and I had known each other for 18 months, we'd be married for nine months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because if so you still kind of like mm-hmm. make up breakup stuff after 18 months, yeah. he's clearly not changing fast enough for you to commit, right? Yeah. So you feel you can do better, and I've well, never seen—I've re- never seen a relationship yeah. work where one or both partners feels they can do better. I, I can't do better, if better if than I my wife.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry.
4: I don't know. I I don't know if I could do better.
0: Uh, no. There's doubt, right? So within yeah. a month or two of meeting my wife, I'm like, okay, I can't do better than this, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, there's no way. I can't do better than this. Mm-hmm. And she felt the same way. And, and you know, 20 years later, here we are, right? Mm-hmm. Never a doubt, never a temptation, never a wandering, never a straying, never a threat, never, you know, we don't yell at each other. We don't call each other names. We've never raised our voices. Like, we just, we work things out. Once or twice a year, we'll have a little conflict or whatever, but it's just exercise. But um, mm-hmm. so... You feel that you could get somebody more compatible with you. I don't
1: because know because if you
0: didn't, if you didn't feel that, if this was like, okay, this is, this is as close to perfection as I'm going to get. This is, I can't upgrade from here because you want you want to change this guy in pretty fundamental ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. I mean, come on, you 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 know, he feels rejected by you all the time, right?
4: I know, and it's really, really bad for him.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of cruel, right? Because you're withholding, like like you're training a dog, right? Like I'll give you commitment. I'll give you five percent more commitment if you obey me in this way, or do this, or do that, or whatever. Right? You're kind of dangling treats in front of him, which is your affection or your commitment or whatever, right? And then when you mm-hmm. don't get what you want, you kind of slam the door in his face and you storm off, and then you kind of come back, and it's not it's not healthy. Yeah. Now, maybe the problem is him, or maybe the problem is you don't know how to accept people too well.
1: Like, what, what if he,
0: was just, what if he well. was just enough for you? What if you didn't have this cold, critical, sore on eye of discontent that you could just flay him, flay his skin from his bones, so to speak, if he displeased you? What if that wasn't really an option? What if you could just commit to the guy and say, you're perfect, because look, you're not perfect, yeah, I'm not really perfect, good. right? You're not perfect, I'm not perfect. And so if, if, you, if you had as your goal not changing him but changing yourself, right? Because you want him to change, mm-hmm. but it would certainly be a lot easier for you if you were to change your expectations, right? Yeah. But you don't want to change yourself, but you want him to change.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I basically decided there are, like, certain things that I'm, like, not willing to change in terms
0: of my expectations. Okay, so you won't change, but why the hell should he change if you're not going to? Or why would you expect it to be easier to change him than to change yourself?
4: Because the, I think that the things I want are more healthy than the way he's acting. Like, he and I both think that the way he wants to change is
0: a more healthy direction no i get all of that i get listen well. I, mm-hmm. I completely understand what you're saying and i'm gonna go with you completely 100 percent on this yes you're totally uh-huh. right uh-huh. it would be way better for him to do what you want right yeah but if you are going to tell him that who you are is more healthy but all you do is kind of reject him mm-hmm. it doesn't look too healthy You see the paradox?
4: A little bit.
0: So you are a very healthy person and he needs to rise up to your level of health, right? Yeah. But you're breaking up with him and you're hormonal and then you pull him back in and you demand change and you won't commit. That's not healthy, right? So how do you get to be Mm -hmm. the poster child of mental and emotional health if you keep breaking up with this guy and you, you keep withholding from him and you won't commit? That's not healthy, is it? Mm.
4: No, it's not really healthy.
0: It's not, right? And it's wasting your time and it's harming his self-esteem, right? Because if he changes, yeah. if he changes based upon, this is probably what you're suspicious of deep down, and it might be wise to be that way, but if he's changing in order to gain your approval, it will not last And you can't hold yourself forward or up in a relationship as the superior one and have it last. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. people want to be equal.
3: Yeah.
0: They want to be equal. They want to be accepted. You want to be accepted for who you are. He wants to be accepted for who he is. Does that mean Mm -hmm. nobody ever changes? Yeah, you know, people will change. People will change a little bit over time, but not a huge amount.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you said the old joke I have in, in um, my book, Real Time Relationships, that women in particular, though not only women, but women as a whole, will often say, man, I need, I need to, I need a mode of transportation. And they go out and they shop for different cars and they test drive a whole bunch of different cars. They look up research for a whole bunch of different cars. They ask their friends for advice about a bunch of different cars. They finally pick a car after months of looking. They bring the car home. And then they take out their chainsaw and say, great, now I can make a boat. <laughs> and that's a little bit where you are, right? Yeah, I want a guy yeah, who does, like who's that. like this, this, and this. Well, this guy I'm attracted to, he's not this, this, and this. But I can kind of torture and bribe and withhold him into becoming what I want.
4: Well, I'm trying to do it in more of like a supportive, encouraging
0: way. No, the problem is that you feel superior to him. Yeah, I do. Of course you do. Because you're healthy and he needs to be fixed, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not healthy.
1: Nope.
0: That automatically makes you not more healthy than him. Okay. Okay. Because if you listen, if you're a healer, then go become a therapist or become a life coach or have a professional relationship with men like him, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you want to have a relationship where you're married, your parents, you have to be equal. If mm-hmm. you are bringing a sense of superiority to the relationship, I don't see how it can last. I mean, he'll conform for a while. But eventually, he'll be just like, who the hell are you to lord it over me and be so perfect all the time? Like, what are you slumming it with me? If I'm so bad and you're so great, why the hell are you here? Yes, if I'm so exactly messed up and you're so healthy, if I'm so dysfunctional and you're so healthy, what are you doing here?
4: That's that's basically what he's telling me.
0: Right. And if you remember back early on, I said that there was a vanity component often to being in Start stop relationships, make up break up relationships. The vanity component is mm-hmm. when you're with him, you get to feel superior. And he dances to your every statement, your every carrot and stick. You get to feel like you're in control. You get to feel superior.
4: I don't know, but I don't think I want that.
0: I don't know like what I you're talking I'd, about. No, I come think on. I
4: would much rather be with someone who I thought was better than me.
0: Well, no, no. What do you mean better? Why do they have to be better than you? Wait, wait, <laughs> like wait. You got only one or you know? the other? You're either superior or inferior? <laughs> you can't possibly have equality?
4: <laughs> I Equality is okay, too. I guess, well, I'm also kind of coming from, like, the Christian perspective of, like, the guy should be, like, the leader.
0: Okay, but that's, and that's, I, I've no beef with that. And there are certain areas, I, I mean, to me, the division of labor is important. There's some things that the man should be more expertise, uh, have more expertise and, and authority, and there's some things that the woman should have more expertise and authority. Mm-hmm. It just works well. We're like just call puzzles, mm-hmm. like we fit together well uh, as males mm-hmm. and, and females. So, yeah, so you want him to be a leader in, in some areas, but you also look down at him as you know, a little broken, a little dysfunctional, a little not up to scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... You want him to meet your expectations. You want him to rise to your level, to rise to your standard.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: You want him to please you. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you this, my friend. The reason he's with you is because he is so bloody used to trying to please his parents and failing that trying to please Hmm. you and failing is a sick repetition for him
3: Hmm.
0: i want to be homeschooled he says no you're going away to school i want more time with my parents no you get a nanny i want to be loved i want to be accepted i want to be i want to have your commitment as parents no We won't do it. We withhold. We punish. You're not good enough to keep our attention. You're not good enough for us to spend time with you. You're not interesting enough for us to commit to. Oh, child of ours, right? And next thing you know, he's got a girlfriend who's kind of doing the same thing. And he's just going to spend the rest of his life chasing after this train that he can never catch up to. And he talks to his parents, as you said, but these dinners about school, his school and all, and he has complaints, right? And his parents don't really listen to him. Now he has complaints about you, right? hmm yeah. The complaint that I sort of voiced, right? Like, why are you slumming it with me if you're so superior, right? Yeah. And does that change your mind? Does that really alter your perspective? Or does it just like, well, you know, fix yourself and we'll be fine? Putting the onus upon him a hundred percent for the problems in the relationship. The problems in the relationship come because you're not in touch with your body, because you don't have your career sorted out and other things. And if you just fix those, we'll be fine. It's all your fault. Now, what kind of man would put up with that? That's sort of my question. Like I'm sort of flipping over to his side and say, okay, well, Okay, you're very pretty, right? So obviously that's a plus, and he's very handsome, so that's a plus. You look good together, and people probably envy you. And I get that that's tempting, and I, you know, it's no, no basis for a relationship, right? As you know, as a Christian, you've got to build your, your house on rock, not on sand, right? And vanity and looking good is not enough to sustain a relationship, not by a long shot. It's a, a great way to waste half a decade, but it's a very bad foundation for a family as a whole. But I sit there and say, okay, well, what kind of man— would want a cold-eyed critical girlfriend that he constantly feels he's failing. Well, a guy with cold-eyed critical parents that he constantly felt he was failing. Mm -hmm. You're you're mining his wound, right? You're you're exploiting, and I'm not not in a mean way. I mean, you didn't know, right? But you're exploiting his isolation and his loneliness and his feeling of rejection that his parents inflicted upon him. And you're exploiting that to feel better about yourself, to feel like you're stronger, you're better, you're healthier. But that's kind of vampiric. It's a little parasitical, right? That you're feeding off his insecurities to make yourself feel stronger and better.
4: I don't. The second part isn't really resonating me. Like I I don't feel like I. It makes me feel better by like seeing him not succeed.
0: But you're there because people say, well, this is not what I want. It's like, wait, a hey man, if I buy a ticket and I go to Paris and then I get to Paris and say, well, this isn't where I want to be. What are you going to tell me?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You bought the ticket to Paris, didn't you? You got on the plane. You right. You've been in this relationship for a year and a half and you're getting, you know, what are called secondary gains. Right. So you get to be critical. You get to be superior and you get to have power over him because he's constantly trying to dance to meet your standards.
4: But I don't like that. Like it's not fun. No, for you me. do
0: like it. No, you no, absolutely like it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. I'm not saying that. It
4: doesn't feel like I like it. No, no, I get
0: that. But you, sorry, I shouldn't say you like it. That's that's imprecise. You prefer it to the alternative. You're um, used to it. You're familiar to it. You're familiar with it, right?
3: Yeah. Okay, well, um, let's, look um, at you,
0: let's look at your parental. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Let's look at your parental dynamics. Do you have a parent? I mean, look at, look. you said this to yourself, right? And I don't mean it's like, aha, I caught you, right? But you said this yourself about your mom that your mom, your dad was just not good enough for her for years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And you say they got a fairly good marriage out of that, except that you are now in this limbo, right? Mm-hmm. See, I can use that word because you're Christian. You won't say, what? I don't dance that way. Right? So. And your parents should be able to identify the problem with your relationship and help you with it, right? But they can't because that dynamic, I bet. Listen, you can't be pursuing someone for four years and end up with equality. So my guess is that your mother's disapproval still rings pretty hard in the household as a whole. She
4: doesn't seem... I don't know. She's not disapproving.
0: Good. Well, I I will abandon that thesis because you know I mean empiricist. So if that's not what's happening, I will certainly uh, no. Accept I think that.
4: she she's really supportive.
0: Why do your parents think that this relationship hasn't worked out yet?
4: I don't know. I I, I don't talk to them about details or anything.
0: Why? But why not? I mean, they um, care. They want you to be happy, right?
4: Yeah, I guess the thought of, like, opening up to them that much feels, like, really scary. Oh. It feels, like, emotionally vulnerable, and I don't like it.
0: Right. So, if I understand this correctly, my dear, he said annoyingly, (laughs) if I understand this correctly, you want your boyfriend to be emotionally available and open. Uh But you can't even talk to your parents about what's going on in your life
3: yeah
0: a little hypocritical mm-hmm. yeah you gave me just it wasn't quite an mm-hmm, but it was very close <laughs> to it It was very close to it a little a little right so you want him to be more emotionally available you want him to be in touch with his body and connected with you and so on but you won't even talk to your parents about your central agony in your life at the moment right
3: yeah
0: so frankly, who are you to talk about emotional availability? Plus you can't judge someone and love them at the same time. I mean, you can't judge them as 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 wanting as as deficient as broken as mm-hmm. lesser as whatever you you can't right? love is admiration, mm-hmm. right, and you can't judge someone mm-hmm. as deficient and love them at the same time yeah. And so I would say, physician, heal thyself. Because you're not in your body when you're judging someone. You're cold-eyed and critical. You're you're sitting like a, a gargoyle on top of a building, you know, like the, the Catwoman style or something. You're sitting like a gargoyle on a building, cold-eyed and criticizing someone or critical of them. That's not being in your body and emotionally available and open and any of that, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a that's a sound I can't possibly parse. Just so you know, I don't know what you, <laughs> you might as well just I'm, be. I'm
4: thinking through. You might as well
0: just be riding on the surface of a lake. I don't know what's going on with that.
4: <laughs> I'm I'm pondering. Um,
0: you're not emotionally available to him when you're judging him as deficient, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and and that's a pretty important part. You got these big three big things, right? That yeah. he's deficient in, mm-hmm. and so you know, maybe you guys have more in common than you think, and maybe you have things to learn from him as well. Like, I know you say he's teaching you and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I get, you know, we Mm -hmm. haven't really delved into that too much. But this goes back to the virtue that I was talking about, which you as a Christian should really appreciate, the virtue I was talking about with the first caller, the virtue of humility, right? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Maybe you're not so perfect, and he's not so deficient. Maybe you guys have things to teach each other, Mm -hmm. And maybe you should let go of the control of expecting change, which is a way of just staying distant from him. And come on, you know this from his childhood. He grew up with a series of nannies that came and went. The guy has basically experienced the deaths of probably half a dozen, quote, mothers, right? Because when yeah. when a when a caregiver vanishes from a little kid's life, it's dead. It's dead, right? It's death. It's yeah. like his, his mom's all got machine gunned down just over the hill, so to speak, right? Yeah. And so he probably doesn't need somebody else rejecting him somebody else not committing to him it's probably not good for him in that way right so i would say you know find a way to commit or let him be free to someone who will because i think this is too much of a repetition of his early life and and yours in some way that i don't know sorry go ahead
4: i yeah i mean that's basically what i'm trying to do is like choose one way or the other and I basically, like, can't stick to one thing for more than, like, a couple days.
0: What's best for him? Because if you're just focusing on your own needs, you won't ever find any security or, or ballast, so to speak, right? What is best for him?
3: Hmm.
0: Clearly, it's not a continuation of what's going on right now, right? Yep. So what is, is it best for you to fully commit to him and to put aside your criticisms? and to accept him for who he is and recognize that you are flawed as he is flawed, as I'm flawed, is it best for him that you do that? Or is it best for him, if you can't do that or won't do that, that he is free to find somebody who can accept him for who he is?
4: It would be best for him if I could do that, but I don't know if I can.
0: Well, if you don't know if you can love him after a year and a half, I think that's your answer. It's not like you need more information, right?
4: Yeah, but I just, like, I can't accept either answer for myself.
0: I'm not sure what you mean by can't accept. Like,
4: like I can't accept, like, if it's like we shouldn't be together, I just can't, I can't seem to accept that. And if it's like, oh, we should just be together and, like, commit to each other, I can't do that either.
0: Okay, so let's work with the first one. If you think about not being with him, what can't you accept? About that. Like you screwed up, like you could have done it, but you were too selfish or immature or lazy or vain or like you you, you could have been with him, but you have to give up the control. You refuse to give up the control, the dominance, the superiority. You refuse to give that up. And so you walked away from something which could have been great because of you know immaturity or bad reasons. Is is something like that or something else?
4: I don't. It it feels like. It feels like maybe he can like change me in some way that I really need to be changed.
0: He can change you.
4: Yeah, it kind of feels that way.
0: Yeah, he can't. Come on, you're a quarter century. You, You know that there's no big magic switch inside you that he can reach in and flip, right? It change is you, right? If you can't figure out how to commit to him, asking him to figure it out for you is mm, very unfair. I can't lose weight. Maybe you could lose weight for me. No, no, no. That's not how it works, right?
4: Well, like for our first year of dating, I wanted to be more committed and he kind of was less serious about it and then like over time we kind of have arrived at where we are now.
0: Yeah, see see I'm talking about you having control and you've now shifted the focus to him and what he did. You see what you're doing there?
4: Okay. Kind of.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're trying to distract me with him now. Well, <laughs> what do you mean you you're focusing on me making a decision? Let me tell you what he did for a year, right? <laughs> no. Sorry. I can't no, no, that's not going to work with me. That's not going to work with me.
4: All right. Can, can you ask the question again? My mind is like blocking it.
0: No, it's fine. That's fine. Can you... Well, if you can't change yourself, you can't change him. Now, if you change yourself, it will have an effect on him. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the old yeah. thing that If somebody walks up to you and sticks out your hand, is their hand, sorry, stick out their hand and they're going to shake your hand, you stand there with your hands by your side, he's going to change his behavior because you're not doing something, right? He's not just going to stand there with his hand outstretched, right? Yep. So he'll put his hand down or, you know, you see these funny videos, uh, the guy's trying to get a high five and everyone's ignoring him and it's just kind of sad, right? I mean, he's got to put his hand down at some point, he's not going to be there three years from now waiting for a high five. So if you change nope. your behavior, nope. it will nope. change what he does. But if you focus on changing him, it won't work. So you this is like maximum self-ownership. That, that is really is an important concept I've been working on for the last little while. I won't go into a whole thing on it because I'll do that another time. Maximum self-ownership. What if you are entirely responsible for the quality of this relationship? It has nothing to do with him. Nothing to do with him. Maximum self-ownership. The quality of the relationship is entirely dependent upon what you do. Now, I get that that's not entirely true, but just to take that as a counterweight to this kind of drifting along like a leaf on the sea of hormones that's been going on over the last little while, right? What if you say, okay, I am... If I want this relationship to work, it's 100% up to me. Because, and and i got to apologize for trying to change him. And for for saying, for a year and a half, you're not good enough for me. You're not good enough for me. You're not good enough for me. Because that's really destructive to someone. Really destructive, especially if he's got a childhood history, which is probably the only reason he'd be involved in that dynamic to begin with, right? You say, you know what, I... I'm responsible for the quality of this relationship to yourself. You go to your partner, you go to your boyfriend and say, I'm going to work on you being perfectly enough for me. Nothing needs to be fixed. Nothing needs to change. Because people can't be bullied into change. Sometimes they can relax into change if they feel secure. Sometimes they can be inspired into change, but they can't be bullied into change. And you cannot have a loving, healthy relationship where you're doling out approval like little cat treats or training a puppy or something like that, right? If you can't find a way to approve of this guy for who he is, you just reckon him slowly. Oh, right. Yes, you're, you're back. back on. All right, sorry about that. Um, so what I was saying was that your fundamental issue is not trusting him, it's trusting yourself. In other uh, words, okay. you are doubt your own judgment with regards to whether this is a sustainable relationship as you say you're you're torn between the two situations right stay or go stay or go stay or go Mm -hmm.
3: so Mm -hmm. it's not
0: a trust of him that you need to establish it's a trust in yourself and you are you are hoping that if he changes his behavior that is somehow going to make you certain one way or another
3: Mm -hmm.
0: so you are putting your free will on him You are putting Uh your choice on him. If you change, you say to your boyfriend, then I will gain certainty and closure about this relationship. But that is abandoning your own will, your own choice, the sovereignty of your own conscience and consciousness.
4: Yeah, I think you're really on to something right now.
0: And so he will not respect you Because, you know, you're like, oh, he's not good enough for me. He's not good enough for me. Mm -hmm. But if you say, I can't decide whether you're a good guy or not, and so you need to change your behavior to make me certain, you're basically saying, I can't trust my own judgment. Yep. That's an unfair burden to put on, on him, I think.
3: Yeah,
0: And you won't gain certainty that way, I guarantee you. And this is why this has been going on for a year and a half, off and on. Because if he does change his behavior to give you certainty, it will only give you more doubt. Do you know why? Oh, hey. Hey, did I drop for a second? You
4: cut out for a second. Can you play that again? So
0: if, if he changes his behavior with the goal of giving you more certainty, it will only give you more doubt. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Why? Because why is he doing it? Will it last? Is it real? Is it genuine? Or is he just trying to please you? If you ask someone else to give you certainty and Mm -hmm. you withhold affection or give affection based upon whether they change their behavior to give you certainty, you will never get that certainty because you don't know and can't know if it's a genuine change or a change as a result of the pressure you're putting on them.
3: Mm.
0: And the funny thing is, and it really is tragicomic in a way, right? So the funny thing is that earlier you were saying, he wants me to be someone different to have sex with me, right?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: but you want him to be someone different too.
3: Yeah. Yep.
0: Probably doesn't come with the blue wig or whatever is going on, but it's the same process, right? You sit there and say, well, I want him to be attracted to me, just me, not some fetish thing. And he, of course, is saying exactly the same thing. I want her to be attracted to me, just me. Because I've had enough of yeah. this conditional rejection from my parents. Yep. That's,
4: that's happening.
0: It is not his job to change for you. It is not your job to change for him. That will never bring certainty and peace and love. You can get someone to obey you by threatening to withhold affection, but all it does is build up resentment. I mean, you know that deep down, right? Mm, Yeah. You can get a child to comply with you by spanking that child, but it just builds up resentment and non-compliance, right? You'll get immediate compliance, but then it just undoes, right? And you'll get commitments to change, and there'll be little bits of change here and there, and then it just won't last. And that's where you're stuck, I think. So stop applying pressure. Stop. stop punishing and rewarding to control another human being. That yeah. will not bring you what you want. So, I mean, if I were in your shoes, I don't know whether you should be with this guy or not. Obviously, I don't know, right? But I would certainly give it a chance... Because you do have a lot in common, I would certainly give it the chance to say, "Listen, I'm I'm sorry. I've been, I've been withholding affection. I've been judging you. I've been judging you. It's been found wanting. I, you know, and that's that's a that's a bad thing. It's a wrong thing to do. That is unchristian of me, mm-hmm. right? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, sadly, you, that that may be actually occurring, right? <laughs> but I'm sorry. Like, no matter whether you stay together or not, you don't want to leave him with this feeling of not being good enough, right? yeah yeah that's really destructive to him so if you try uh, like what if what if you are good enough what if you don't need to change what happens then what happens if you accept him you know maybe he'll change because of that or maybe that's the first time he's experienced that maybe he'll run screaming because he's not used to it. i don't know right but it's it's a good thing to do sit down with him and say, look, I'm sorry, I, I, I've, I've been withholding, I've been critical, I've been judging, and I've given you the impression, which is perfectly reasonable based upon my actions, that you're just not enough, you're not good enough, you're not integrated mm-hmm. enough, you're not on the Hoffman four planes of interdimensional perfection.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's not fair. It's not fair for me to get into a relationship and then say, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough.
3: Yeah.
0: It's destructive.
4: Yeah. How do I make it better, though? Like, how, how do I change that in myself?
0: Well, you apologize and you don't do it. Now, as far as not doing it, like, you'll still have the impulse to judge. And you can read my book, Real-Time Relationships. It's free at freedomain.com forward slash books. And when you have the impulse to judge, you say, you know what, I really have an impulse to judge you right now. That's not fair, but I, I'm just telling you I have that impulse. And then, you know, maybe he'll be curious and you could be curious about where that impulse to judge rather than connect comes from. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, it's like, how do you stop smoking? You you you, you don't pick up a cigarette. <laughs> you know, like, how do you stop judging? Well, you have to be honest about what's what's occurring. And you guys could figure out a very powerful dynamic that's going on deep down here and maybe you can heal that dynamic and maybe you can't but the most important thing is you figure out what that dynamic is because if you can heal it in your relationship fantastic if he's not always chasing after your approval and you're cold-eyed judging and disapproving if you can heal that in your relationship fantastic if you can't then at least you won't repeat it in your next relationship. Because if you don't know this dynamic, you can break up with this guy. Maybe this is your hesitation about breaking up. If you don't know this dynamic, you're going to break up with this guy and what's going to happen with your next relationship? The same damn thing. And then you'll say, oh my God. Oh my God. Everywhere I go, it's me. (laughs) And you may waste more time until you get this dynamic, right?
4: Yep, yep. I mean, so you may be you may like, be
0: hesitating to leave because there's a big lesson to be learned. But sorry, go ahead.
4: Yes, yes, I, yeah. I, I think that's kind of happening. Like I feel like I can't leave because I'm not like fixed yet.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. So that would be. And that I feel like be, yeah, sorry, you can ahead.
4: like help me with this problem better than other people can.
0: No, 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 no. Stop, stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop it. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> It's not his job to fix you with your problem. To fix your problem. I'm
4: not saying it's his job, but I think he has You just told that me it was his help. job. You
0: said you said, "Hang <laughs> on, you said you said he's the one who can help me with this problem."
4: Uh, yeah, I think he's the person most capable of doing that.
0: No. You are the Oh my god. You are the person <laughs> most capable of doing that. It's not his job yeah, to fix you.
4: It's been a problem my whole life and I haven't been able to like on my own. So I think I need someone else to help me and i think he's like maybe no, we'll
0: no, do it no no i bet you your whole life you've been trying to get other people to fix it for you and it doesn't work it's like saying you're both smokers and you say well i need to quit smoking so you quit smoking apologize for judging apologize for withholding affection as a form of boyfriend control
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and just see what happens you don't know what's on the other side of that realization and that apology you don't know what's there mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. trying to plan it out like a head right yeah but you can't because all of your planning is based upon your empirical experience of everything that's gone wrong before so all of your planning will not work none of your planning will work And this is around the... You're trying to control the outcome of this by planning it, and the whole point of this is you've got to let go of control in relationships.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I do
0: not want my wife to be different from who she is. I do not want my daughter to be different from who she is. I do not want James to be different from who he is. I do not want you to be different from who you are. And if you can let go of that control, because control arises... Out of insecurity, if I'm not in control, bad things are going to happen. In other words, if I'm not dominating other people, disaster will occur. But dominating and controlling other people is the disaster. And it's already occurring.
4: I, I feel like the parts of him that I'm rejecting, though, they don't seem like authentically part of him. Does that make sense? Like it feels like the stuff that I don't like about him feels like foreign. Does that make sense? So
0: you're trying to distract me with him again? You're trying to get me to focus on him again? You are good, man. You are very good. You are very good. I'm
4: not doing it on purpose.
0: And this is what happens when women can't show their cleavage. They will just distract me with their boyfriends, right? No, but this is uh you're trying to get me to focus on him again, right? I don't know. You're I judging know. him. I oh what this we part were of No, I get it, I get it. So now you want to focus on him Oh honey, this part of you is authentic and this part of you is inauthentic and blah bloody blah de, blah, right?
3: Uh-huh. Who the hell are
0: you to slice and dice this guy up? Is everything about you authentic? I'm trying to get you to talk about you and you keep talking about your boyfriend. I keep getting you to let go of your ju- of judgment and you keep trying to drag me into judging your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Is that authentic? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's manipulative. I don't think it doesn't mean you're bad or wrong. It's just what's happening, right? Okay, yeah. You don't want to focus on you. And so you're focusing on him. Okay. Because you think if I can turn my laser vision to him, you're off the hook and you won't need to change. And then we, you and I can sit here and figure out how to change him, right? <laughs> no, nope.
4: I, I really want to change.
0: <laughs> good, good. Then stop thinking about him. Okay. Stop thinking about him. You wake up tomorrow and say, He's fine. He doesn't need to change. Because if he needs to change, then you need to control him. And then you can't be close to him, and it won't work. If he needs to change, you cannot love him. Yeah. So say, what if I try on that there's nothing wrong with him? What if I try on that he's perfect the way he is? As God made him, I might add. Yeah. Now, Maybe that'll work. Maybe that won't. But you need to experience what it's like to accept someone for who he is without saying, ah, yes, but his left index finger is less authentic than his right index finger. And I'm going to judge that as negative and bad and wrong and to be fixed. And it's like, okay. You know, I don't think that drafting him into your boot camp of self-improvement is the way to be loving with this guy.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well I I tried to do that for like a month. I just like at the beginning of September I was basically like, Okay, I'm just gonna like pretend like we're already married and I like have to accept him and I just need I just need to be like committed at least for a month and I like couldn't really do it. Like I had a horrible time for most of the but month. But
0: were you honest about it with him and saying this is what I'm trying to do and
4: Uh, I didn't really articulate it as such. I was, I said, I'm going to try to be nicer to you.
0: Oh my God. So you had this whole plan to try and accept him that you didn't share with him. And then you complained that he's inauthentic. So you were manipulating him the entire month of September, but he's somehow inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's no good. Just be honest with the guy. I mean, he's lost in some weird Mobius strip hall of mirrors maze of your what the hell's going on. Oh, she's changed. Oh, she's going to be nicer. What does that even mean?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: To say, uh, you know, I got to accept you for who you are. And every day you're going to struggle with it. And every day you could say, man, this is crazy. I'm really struggling with this. It's nuts. It's not you. It's me. And but also sit down me? and talk like, with you. That sit that down and talk with me? you. Sorry.
4: Like, if I can't accept him for who he is, is that like, is that necessarily a problem that I have?
0: Yes. It's all you. It's all your problem. Because if you can't accept him for who he is, but you didn't, then you were withholding that for 18 months. If you cannot accept him for who he is, but you stay there, it's your problem. Because you're staying.
4: Yep. Okay.
0: Accept him yeah. for who he is. That means if he's good enough for you, great. If he's not good enough for you, leave. But don't mm-hmm. just hang around, trying to change things with willpower and boobs or what I don't know what how women do it, but something like that, right? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's not fair. This 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 kibble's worth of carrots and sticks and pluses and minuses and affection and withholding. That's that's no good. That that's that's exhausting. And you are you're worn out, right? And, and this is this is how you are when you're young and healthy. This is how you are before you have kids. This is how you are before the mother-in-law develops dementia or whatever happens in life that happens as you age. This is who you are when you are at your maximum freedom and energy. This is how exhausted you are. Trust me, man. If you can't sort this shit out now, adding middle-aged kids, aging parents, teeth problems, health issues, all that to the mix, man, this is going to break you like a twig. The issue is yours entirely. Yours entirely. It's the most powerful thing that you can do in the world. 100% mm-hmm. responsibility. And say, oh yes, but what about him? You're there. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. is only there as a 100% result of your choice. So yep. none of it has to do with him. Yeah. But he's got this inauthentic part. It's like, yeah, well, but you're there. You're st- the inauthentic part is only an issue 100% because you've chosen to be there. So it's still all you,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and that's maximum self ownership. It's a very powerful thing.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, that that sounds right. I there's definitely like a thing there of like, I don't want to make my own decisions in life.
0: Yeah, yeah. You want you want him to make the decision for you by changing. And then you have no power. And then you resent him.
1: Yep.
0: You got to pull that power back into you. Back into you. Will you let me know how it goes?
4: Yeah, I'll I'll keep you updated. (laughs) I'm so confused about, like, how do I, like, like, how do I stop doing what I'm doing, though? Like, I can, like, apologize and stuff,
3: but...
0: No, no, but see, you're, you're again, you're trying to control <laughs> what you do in two weeks from now, but you don't know what it's going to be like for you two weeks from now when you apologize, and you're you have a thought, you share it with him. You want to change your behavior, you share it with him. You want him to change, you share it with him, not as a demand to change, but as a thought you're having. Right. Real-time relationships, you're perfectly mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. with him about what's going on for you in the moment without an expectation that he change anything. I want you okay. to change is, an ex- is a feeling, not you mm-hmm. should change or you must change or you have to change. So yeah. if you are honest with him going forward, then what does that look like for you? The whole point is being honest is giving up control. Withholding honesty mm-hmm. is maintaining control over someone else. It's you know, how the government in totalitarian states maintains control over the information, right? They dole out various pieces of information or withhold other pieces of information. It's control, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're honest, you're giving up totalitarian control of information in the relationship and you're an open book for the other person.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So what does that look like? It's like saying, well, what does the Soviet empire look like two years after the end of communism? Nobody knows. Yeah. That's the whole point.
3: Yeah,
4: I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm starting
0: to get it now. More, I think. Thanks. Be honest. Me. Honesty is the opposite of control, because mm-hmm. controlling information is totalitarian. So if you're honest with people, you don't know what that looks like. That's the. That's the beauty of it. That's the whole point. That's what keeps relationships alive. If you knew what your relationship was going to look like in a month, it would be dead as a doornail. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But in the continual flow of honesty and growth and curiosity and exploration and and fun and like that's that's what keep it honesty keeps things alive propaganda yeah, so like, control like of being, information is dead sorry go ahead
4: it's like being honest about what's happening for me internally more yeah instead of saying like I don't like this about you more like I am having like a negative reaction to this like that yeah
0: and, and remind him it's not you okay. don't cha- don't change a thing I'm just telling you mm-hmm. what my negative reaction is
4: got it okay
0: yeah. and have him listen to this call, right? Have uh, him listen to this call. I and will. if he wants to call in, that's fine with me too. Oh, but have, <laughs> you know, so that he can he can understand. Because otherwise you're just going to wander in after this call. Like we've been going like two hours, right? So you're going to wander, wander in yeah. after this call and he's not going to know what the hell's going on. So have him listen to the call.
3: Yep. All
0: right? All right.
4: Thank All you right.
0: so much. All right. You are welcome. And I, <laughs> I really appreciate the call. You did You did wonderfully. Just wonderful. Thank
4: you
0: so much. (laughs) All right. Keep me posted. You're welcome. Keep me posted. Let your hubby know or your boyfriend know if he wants to chat. I'm absolutely happy to. And freedomain.com forward slash donate. Thanks, as always, to James the Magnificent for keeping it all running. Uh, It's massively appreciated and uh, couldn't couldn't do it without you. And uh, to you, the fine listeners, thank you. Thank you so much for this incredible privilege. Have a wonderful evening. I will talk to you soon.